Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Oh, what a goal! Danny Alley. Kane goes for it! Oh, what a goal from Harry Kane! Here's Lucas Moura. Oh, they did it! I cannot believe it! Oh, what a debut. Stevie Wonder. Stevie Bergwijn. And here is LaCelso. Freshly introduced and scoring! Tom goes on. Hello and welcome to The Last Word on Spurs. Thank you so much for joining us for instant reaction to Tottenham Hotspur going to Stamford Bridge. You know the rest of the story. Copy and paste off for the last how many years? Um, Tottenham losing by two goals to Neil at Stamford Bridge. You probably didn't need me to tell you that. Um, if you're listening to the show for the first time, you can find us on iTunes. We're on Spotify, we're on Audio Boom. We're across a range of different audio platforms. We're, of course, on Twitter at Last Word on Spurs. We're on Facebook and Instagram too. And unfortunately... For all you Chelsea fans out there watching us, I know you are, we're also live on YouTube. So uh, go easy on us, please. Um, delighted to be welcoming back to the show my co-host of a very, very, I would say, painful train over the last 90 minutes plus. Uh, delighted to welcome back Lee McQueen alongside me. Lee, how are you, mate? You are, buddy. Yeah, good, thank you. Thanks for having me back on. Looking forward to getting into it with uh, with the lads and also, the obviously, the viewers and the listeners. Look, I've been trying to be calm uh, about this game because... We go to Stamford Bridge year in, year out in the Premier League and year in, year out we win. Whether or not it's different players, whether or not it's different managers, whether or not, dare I say, it's even different owners. We have not won or we do not win at Stamford Bridge um, away in the Premier League. We just, we, just, we just don't do it. It's what we do. It is a mental block. We've got to go over it. I'm not I'm not trying to say it's defeatist. Let's, let's just go. But three days ago, we were absolutely in euphoria after winning that football match against Leicester City. And... We haven't had an opportunity to change anything other than the you know the starting lineup, and I'm sure we'll get into that. Um, and the, the thing that I'm really disappointed about today is not not necessarily the result. Obviously, I'm gutted the result. Don't, don't get me wrong, but it's the fact that we wasn't brave. Conte talks about being brave to dare us to do is our club's motto. We go to Chelsea, and it's literally rinse and repeat from the first uh, first leg of the Carabao Cup final. Literally rinse and repeat, and that is disappointing. Um, 
But in the grand scheme of things, we're halfway through the season finally now for Tottenham Hotspur. We've still got three, four games in hand on a lot of teams around us. 36 points, 72 will get you in the top four. And I think we can still do that easily. And we've still got nine days left of the transfer window. So all you bloodthirsty people out there that need a sign-in, even though that make, doesn't strengthen the squad, we've still got time to do all of them things. So look, I'm trying to be positive on, on, a, on, a, on an evening that is really annoying um, because they do it to us all the time. Um, and, and we just get bantered there. They know it, the players know it, the fans know it. Even, you know, even the TV media outlets were bantering us earlier. Um, you know, and, and laughing about how many players that we may or may not need and all that sort of stuff. So, look, put it into perspective, we go to Stanford Bridge in the league, we lose. That's what we do. We need to, yes, to change it. But on the one hand, if we're so far away from Chelsea, then, you know, two weeks ago, we lost to them and we lost again today. So, I don't think it's a bit of a surprise, really. No. Bit disappointing. Um, listen, lovely to welcome always guests to the show. We've got returning guest. I could feel his pain before we brought him on. We've got the brilliant presenter, Jeff Brazier, back on the last word on Spurs. Jeff, apologies for bringing you back for this one. How are you? Yeah, good, Jerry. It's, it's difficult coming on when you've, when you've lost the game. It's a disappointing one because it's, it's that club that we can't seem to beat, you know? Uh, what is it? 5-0 on aggregate over the three games and we haven't got anywhere near them. Uh, you know, we've, we've gifted them goals. Um, today we've been unlucky, I think, with, uh, you know, I, I don't suppose that anyone out there is going to disagree that, that Harry Kane's goal should have stood. Uh, that was really frustrating, to be honest. And um, and then you can see there's not much you can do about the, the wonder goal. Um, you know, he couldn't have squeezed it in that top corner anymore if he'd have held it with his hands and put it up there. Um, and then, and then that's where you see the psychological um, impact that Lee refers to in terms of here we go again, we're at Stamford Bridge and and uh, a lapse of concentration from a bread and butter sort of cross, um, and it's that guy again with another header against us, and uh, and it is it's, it's, it's frustrating. It absolutely is. Now, also delighted to be given a debut out on the last one on Spurs. Isn't it always the time we give a debut out? Um, they're never straightforward. So apologies. We've got the brilliant uh, consultant, interviewer, filmmaker, and also a founder of We Are Becoms uh, Footy Blacklist. There's a lot of different options in there, Leon. We're delighted to welcome Leon Mann, MBE, so the last one on Spurs. Leon, love to have you here. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Thank you very much for the, the invite on. Um, big fan of what you're doing, so um, it's a, it's it's great to be on. And um, yeah, look, it's Chelsea, isn't it? I mean, in my yeah. lifetime, um, I think I've seen us win twice at Stamford Bridge. Once when I was ten and got my my toe broken because I was sat next to a Chelsea fan. And my old man says, "Whatever, whatever, whatever happens, don't jump up and down, son." And it, well, of course, I'm going to jump up and down. Like Lineker's just put the ball in the back of the net. I'm jumping up and down. Crack. My foot, my gosh, I felt it that day. Um, and then some guy called Deli Ali and some other guy called Christian Eriksen um, mm. were in the news at the moment. I remember them dominating Chelsea and the other time when it was in my adult lifetime when I saw um, us do well there. But the fact that I am in my 40s and I'm telling you about twice <laughs> and I can remember the details around it says it all. There's, there's something about that place um, that is just not good for us, right? So... Yep. Um, we, 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 we need to sort that because actually I thought they were there to be got out today. I watched the, the game that they played against Brighton and Brighton on top class side, don't get me wrong. Mm. Uh, we looked at their lack of full-backs, wing-backs and I thought, right, we could have a good go here because for me it felt like a bit of a free hit and I know Conte's mindset wouldn't be that way 
but lose that game, we're expected to lose it. So go and have a good go. Um, what he set out with from the start, which I'm sure we're going to discuss, really confused me. But um, yeah, I, I, I just felt like um, there's 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 work to do there, but there's also positive signs. Yeah, absolutely. Kane is back at it. That's the main thing for me. First half against Leicester, that's the first time I really felt Kane is yeah. really back at it. And I yeah. when he got the ball today, <laughs> and he didn't get it very much, um, he looked like the old Kane in some way. But he can't yeah. play himself out there. No, absolutely. Um, lots of comments saying, let the therapy begin. Well, here we are again. It is therapy time. We enjoyed a winning, <laughs> we enjoyed an unbeaten run to Conte, but we've gone from it being a real, uh, always lovely, lots of fun to therapy time. So, Lee, let's start with you. Let's thrash this out as someone's made in the comments there. Um, listen, let's be honest about it. A number of players missing and we're against top opposition, but a very disappointing performance, I would say, overall. Against the Chelsea side, I think first half we was okay. We were fairly decent. But, I mean, that's three games in a month. And as Jeff referred to the aggregate now, 5-0 against them. No goal scored. Uh, yeah. How do you reflect on yet another poor, disappointing performance at Stamford Bridge again? Yeah, I mean, I think you're spot on, Laz. And I think if you had the home game under Nuno as well, it's actually ain't new on aggregate because we didn't lay a glove on them. Either did we, do you know what I mean? I think we had a, a half-decent first half on memory um, at, the, at the new lane. And uh, and then I was there actually that night, that day and then we just crumbled in the second half. Um, so very similar. I mean, I've got I've got the blue book out. Uh, I thought I'd get some statistics out tonight. Uh, the amount of shots we had on goal today was six. The amount on target was three. We had 34% possession, only 320 passes. And our passing acquisition at that was 76%. It was absolutely woeful. But I'll be honest with you guys and listeners and viewers, you go to the first leg, the semi-final at Stamford Bridge, you could not make this stuff up. Shots on target, two, right? Shots at goal, five, 36% possession. I think that might have shaded it by 2% difference, 78% passing accuracy. It was just woeful. Both games, very, very similar. Now, I actually, I'm trying to take a positive view. I'm actually applauding Antonio Conte tonight because he's looked at this and he's gone, we need to do something different. You know, the the definition, um, you know, of insanity is keep doing what you're doing, expecting different results. You've got to do something slightly different. So he's gone there. He's changed up the formation. I've got to be honest with you, I was well confused like Leon. I was like, what what is going on here? Like, if Skip's fit enough for the bench and Lucas is fit enough for the bench and... um, um, you know, the, the um, regular was even on the bench, wasn't he, as well? Like, why, why aren't they playing, right? So, very strange. Went as with a four, um, and I think it got exposed. I mean, it was easy for Chelsea. Let's be brutally honest about it. It was easy for Chelsea. They knew it. Their players knew it. Tuchel knew it. Their, their, their fans knew it. So, it's a tough one to take. But I think that we are, we are, I'm really happy with where we are in the process. Like, I think Conte is absolute world-class manager, top five manager for me in the world. And actually, we can see against Leicester and against these other teams, you know, on average, we're having seven, eight shots at target, you know, 27 attempts against Leicester, 21 against Southampton, and 26 against Watford. You know, the patterns of play are there. I just, we just can't lay a glove on Chelsea. I just... Is it just a mentality thing, lads? Is it? I, I, I don't know. I don't know. But it's, it's just very, very strange. But what was frustrating is we wasn't brave and we didn't have a go. And that, and I think, mm. you know, if you're going to lose 2-0, you 
and not lay a glove on them. You may as well go and lose four 0 at least you you know four four one for example and, and and have a go. But like Jeff said, like it was a weldy. Like let's be honest, that goal was a weldy. But there, there will be an argument that, though, Lee, to give him so much time to get onto his favourite uh, foot. Um, we're gonna. I, I promise you, we, we'll come on to the goals. Yeah, we will come yeah, on to fair, the goals. Fair enough. But you know. It, it, it was, just, it, was, it, was, it was a set of circumstances where like, all of us in the group, and I'm sure everyone watching the game was like, you've got to get Tangango off. He's a red guard card waiting to happen. To happen. Yeah, and, and, but the guy was booked. Started, he was, again, limited into what he could do. Yeah, exactly. He started yeah. again, obviously, in the second half, but that limited mm-hmm. him, and Tanganga couldn't block him because as soon as he yeah. blocks him, he gets a double, a double yellow, and he's sent off, and then that lets him go down. So, it, yes, it's terribly frustrating, but I think that from an overall perspective, I know today we're talking about the Chelsea-Tottenham game, but from an overall perspective, we're still in a very, very good position. We've got a lot of games in hand. We, we, we are we are taking um, a bid on the front foot, taking games to other oppositions. I just think there's a mental block. Even with Conte, I, I'm not sure it helps Conte coming out and saying they are miles, miles better than us and we can't lay a glove on them. And like Leon said, you know, Brighton, Wolves, you know, we were saying in the green room Leeds. before, they've all, they've all had a go. You know, yeah. they've got points. They, Chelsea come into this game, one in four Premier League games. This is a stat for you. I think it was one in side. eleven clean sheets. One in eleven clean sheets. One win in the last seven. Yeah, and the last time they lost five, the last time they didn't win a game, a Premier League game in five attempts, they sacked the manager. I mean, you couldn't. As unthinkable. And guess who that was? Yeah. Di Matteo, and he just won the Champions League. So mm. mental. But yeah, you know, Tottenham, Chelsea. Of course, they're just going to roll us over and move on. Exactly yeah, has come over. They needed, wasn't it? It's exactly yeah. the game we need. No, unfortunately, it is, isn't it? Always the way. Jeff has come round to you. I mean, Chelsea look back to winning ways, and we come as Spurs crashing back down to earth, as per usual. Um, but it, given the injuries and the absences as well, Jeff, I just wonder. You know, it was always going to be a tough ask to go to Stamford Bridge and win under any circumstances, and it did feel that the Kane disallowed goal was even more significant, given the nature of how that came about and the timing of that. But do you buy the line? Jeff, that's another reminder of just how big the gulf is between the two clubs, or is there more to this than meets the eye? No, I think that there is a massive gulf, actually. I do agree with Conte, and I don't mind him coming out and saying that, even though you're right, it might sort of give the wrong message to the players that are about to play the game. But um, they are in a different sort of league to us. You look at their bench, I'll start in 11. There is absolutely no doubt about it, but Conte has got the maximum capacity out of... 95% 95% of the players in our squad at the moment. So what we're doing is as good as it gets. And uh, I think, you know, that's what one defeat in 10. Like, what an incredible start that is for him. And we should all be really, like, grateful to him for, for the job that he's done. Um, I'm more sort of um, worried, if you like, about the, the lack of um, transfer activity. And uh, I know, you know, sometimes certain uh, chairmen, certain clubs like to leave it a little bit late. No doubt they're working on a lot. But I think when Conte came in, I I was really worried about protecting him and the fact that he probably only took the job because there was going to be money to spend, right? Because he knew he was going to have to improve a lot. And um, and he hasn't yet done that. So I'm worried that that's going to be frustrating him, uh, whether that's going to be sort of putting any kind of strain I think we all want, uh, collectively, I'm sure, for Conte to feel like he got what he wanted out of the window. And I'm not sure Adama Traore, just as a as a sole signing, with nobody else sort of going out and freeing up some money for the summer, potentially. Um, I, I don't know whether that represents a good window. Uh, but in terms of the defeat tonight, I can accept that because I think they are a lot better than us, Chelsea. 
we are in a in a in a group of five teams that are ultimately trying to find a level of being you know of 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 getting that last champions league spot don't worry about the top three they're you know they're they're, they're much better than everybody else um but yeah that's that's where I, so i can accept it it's one of those fine margin ones he set us up differently tonight uh with four at the back just trying to again find that 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 key whatever's missing to be able to, to to beat them generally not regardless of where we're playing them um and if it wasn't for that refereeing decision then maybe we would have gone one nil maybe they would have had to have um um attacked a little more and we might have uh, we might have been able to have gone on and got a second but that's a you know there's a lot of ifs in there and it didn't it didn't happen basically um you can't give a team 65 percent of the ball and expect um, you know, expect to have as many chances as you need to to take care of a team like Chelsea. But yeah, for me, I'm looking at it with nine days now, and I'm like really hoping that that Conte doesn't get get the hump basically because we haven't mm. done what we said we were going to do for him when he took the job. Yeah, I think Lee, you picked up on it. So I'm going to come back around you on it. And I mean, I think he's he's kept his counsel very well up until now, Conte. You know, he's almost earmarking and referencing every point he's made so far since he's joined Tottenham in relation to what he said to the board, how he said it, and it's clear what he's implying. But, Leon, we'll come around to you. Um, Conte said after the game, that I like what I've seen despite the defeat. The defeat told him a lot. To be an important team, you need important players. And at the moment, we are far away. It takes years. Do you think, Leon, looking at the, the game itself today and what Conte said after it, do you personally feel like we are years away, like he said there, from getting towards where Chelsea's level is at the moment? Well, they're the champions of Europe and we're miles off that, right? <clears throat> so, um, I mean, we, we forget they're the champions of Europe because it probably should have been Manchester City, right? Based on the, the, the way that they've been playing for, for a number of years now. And, and um, it's, yeah, so, so we're, we're, we're miles off that, let's, let's, let's face it. Um, however, I don't know, there's, 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 there's something, and I don't know, I'm trying to put my finger on why, but I don't feel that negative right now. And I don't feel that negative right now, probably because a little bit of Wednesday, right? Because we played really well on Wednesday in that first half. We did, ever so well, yeah. And, you know, I thought, how the how are we going to not come up with anything from this game? This is crazy. And then the magic happened. It's almost like the Ajax magic kind of felt like a few years ago. Um, but then, look, you've got Romero, who we've kind of seen a tiny little bit of, let's face it. And that's kind of our major signing. Um, this season to kind of shore things up at the back will certainly move us forward there. He's coming back. So hopefully we can get him kind of, you know, rocking and rolling. That will make a big difference at the back there. Dyer's actually been in good form. He's not, not always been my favourite player of Spurs, but actually I think he's been doing well. Um, and, you know, in terms of the rest of them at the back, I mean, it's, 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 it's a bit of a lottery, isn't it? Let's face it. Sometimes Sanchez turns up and you think, wow, this is the player that we signed all them years ago that we were looking for. And then other times you mm -hmm. kind of think, wow, what's going on here? So, um, no, and, and of course, you know, some guy called Son, you know, he's he's not in our lineup today. So actually, yeah. there's a lot of players return. Well, there are key players returning um, that can help that can help us out massively. And when when I look at the the way we're playing. We've actually got a way of playing. Um, I'm not going to say I'm mad about it. I'm not going to come on here and lie. <laughs> I'm not going to say that when I speak to my mates, sorry, apologies, I do have mates who support Chelsea, that they're telling me the football's going to be fantastic under Conte. Mm -hmm. yeah. Football's going to be really organised under Conte. Everyone's going to know their role and we're going to have a way of playing. 
Um, and that was very clear from the first game that we played on the Conte at home. The crowd were massively frustrated. They're like, why are you not pressing? Yep. We're not playing under Poch anymore, guys. That's gone. You know, we're giving them possession and we're looking to get in behind them. That's the game. That's the Conte game, right? So we're having to change our kind of way of watching Tottenham Hotspur, which is something that the fans are on a journey with. And I, I, I just think there are there are signs there that that we're on the we're on the cusp of something decent. And I know it's weird to say that off the back of a defeat, but I really yeah. genuinely do because I rate our, our left wing back Reg. I think Reg has got something there. Um, I don't I don't think he's a fantastic defender, but in the system he doesn't have to defend as much in the same way. Um, right wing back, I think it's going to be really interesting. Um, Traore, I mean, look, he, he really divides, divides opinion, doesn't he? Let's face it. He does. Yeah, he um, does. And, yeah, I promise you, we are, we're going to come on to discussing uh, the Adama dilemma later on. But one thing I do want to pick up on, Leon, as I've got you here, I mean, the comments that I say going, going ballistic, and again, it's the great thing about this show is there's such diversity amongst what people deem to be a good performance and what they also deem to be... Um, I would say in terms of, did we go there with the right intent to win the game? I mean, I think, uh, again, the comments earlier on that pouring in for you, people are 100% in agreement in, in what you've said so far and how you've gone about you know, justifying the, the selection of the team. But um, there's no doubt about it. When you have that decision night can go against you, it, it can change the complexity of the game. But when we picked up on the fact that at the start of the show, you know, Brighton, they've gone, they've played Chelsea twice, they've got results, Wolves, even Everton, they've given Chelsea a really hard time in recent months. You know, we've gone there, we've played them four times um, and haven't even laid a glove on them. It almost feels with Tottenham that we're beaten before kickoff because of the name rather than the players. Is that fair? There's there's something there, there, of course. There's something there. We thought we got over it with, you know, the, the Delhi and Ericsson and Kane. And, and that team was just a, a fantastic team. I mean, that, that was an incredible team that we had, um, you know. Walker and Rose on form, fullbacks. I mean, like literally, when you look back in time at that team, it was sensational in terms of what it was, um, what, what Poch got out of it, and and how well that 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 team came together. In terms of today, I mean, I did think that, that we were going to have a go. I did think we were going to have a go, but maybe that's me not understanding the manager that we have, because I think that's a problem Tottenham Hotspur fans have generally. We turn up, we all kind of got on board no, no, no one turned up to support Spurs thinking we're going to play organised structured football and win trophies in a particular kind of way we yeah. turned up for the Gazers the Linekers the Ginolas we turned up for those players that's why we are Tottenham fans right so that's what we want and expect in some way within our teams um, and this is a different way of playing football I believe in terms of how we're going to go forward if we want to win these trophies. And the thing is, when you're winning, you don't mind if it's a little no, bit. You don't. You, know. you, you always forget, You always subliminally forget about the style of football because you're just invested in the result. I mean, yeah. we're all football fans, right? You, yeah, you win I the agree. game, you did well, and you look for the positives. Yeah. You lose the game, yeah. everything's a disaster. You know, that's why we feel so strongly about football. Um, that's the thing. But in terms of, like, turning up, seeing incredible football, I don't know. Look, there's lots of ways to play incredible football. It's just, I think it's a different way and a different mentality. And we've got to invest in this and believe in what he's doing, which I think we do because we're doing quite well. But once we lose two, three on the bounce, that's the test of where we're really going to be into yeah. what Conte's doing. Did you want to come in there, Jeff? I could see you 
Paul Taylor was just saying, I think Conte's approach tonight was he was trying to be realistic. He was trying to be effective. It's about winning the game, not necessarily. I don't think we have to approach every game in the same way because opponents will differ. The 11 that we're putting out will differ as well. I think we were looking to, to concede possession, but as we always do, hit them on the counter and be effective. And sometimes that works and you get the result. Um, and sometimes it, it doesn't. But sometimes you can try and be, you know, fans might want want your side to be braver and, and to, to press a little bit higher up the pitch. But, you know, a team like Chelsea can absolutely pop you off the park. Next thing, you know, you, you're, you're conceding early goals again and you're out of the game because we've experienced that against them really recently. And that would always, that would have been the concern tonight. So it's about, you know, maybe conceding a little bit of bravery for a little bit of nous, if you like, and just trying to stay in the game for an hour and then seeing what can be done in the last 30. And again, because of a great, a great first goal and then a lack of concentration thereafter, because all of a sudden it's, like, it's happening again. Uh, I, I think that was the approach. And again, some fans don't accept that. Um, mm. they're, they're like, no, I, I, we, I want it to be... Um, you know, hundred percent press from 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 the from the word go. But again, so coaches sometimes look at it and just think, well, that's you know, that's not going to be effective for us tonight. I'm going to play it safe, um, yeah. Given what we've got, and you know, we'll, we'll be a bit more conservative and just um, see if we can stay in the game for as long as possible and go at it later on. Just very quickly, Jeff, before I come over to Lee, do you buy Jeff that mentality block? You know, we're saying that Chelsea eight, Tottenham over the four games, and you look at the fact that you know they. Many will feel they've taught us a lesson over those four games. The winless streak against Chelsea is now up to 11. And the song at Wembley in November 2018 is the last time we actually scored a goal against them. The only goal in the last seven meetings being an own goal. Is it mentality, Jeff? Is it a case when you look at that team, it, it, no matter who's Chelsea having that 11? That is just horrendous, isn't it? Is it, is, it, is it the team name, Jeff, more than the players that are there for you? I, I, I think psychology is massive at any level of the game. And even though they get paid, whatever they get paid, I still think that you might turn up for work one day and think, oh, Stanford Bridge again. You know, we live in a day and age where, you know, it's it's all over social media. They're, they'll have been told it by their mates. They'll have talked about it in training and they'll have a professional approach to going there and getting the job done. But I think, I think that it, when that goal goes in, I think that that's when it's triggered and it's like, oh, here we go again. And such disappointment, ultimately, that they can't, frustration for the players that they can't seem to get over that hurdle of beating Chelsea generally, but beating yeah. Chelsea at, at Stamford Bridge. And uh, yeah, it must be demoralising for it. it, must be really disappointing. But at some point, it'll happen under Conte. It, it'll come good under him and he'll have his day, I'm sure. Lee, let's come over to you. I mean, listen, I'm conscious that, again, with a, with a show like this, there'll be many fans that are quite level-headed, pragmatic, and understand this is not going to be the be and end-all. But there'll be some fans that will look at that lineup tonight and be ultimately frustrated that we, as Jason McGovern would say on the show, haven't gone on the front foot and showed a more attacking approach. Um, now, we've seen that, you know, we've seen the Chelsea side that have drawn against, uh, as I've said, Brighton, uh, Wolves and Everton in their last seven games. Um do you think, Lee, when you set up like that, it's almost a containment job to some degree where ultimately that first goal is key? Because if we get it, we've got the opportunity then to counter-attack the opposition. Whereas, like we've seen with Chelsea, when they get that first goal, as we've seen today, there's very little we can do with what we've got in that team to get back into the game. So was we always on a hiding to nothing, Lee, if we go 1-0 yeah. down? Yeah, but I mean, just on your first point about lots of different fans and views and opinions, that's why we love doing these shows. That's why I love uh, love sharing mine because Leon and Jeff have already talked about a different type of approach and, and how 
how they see the game and that's you know and hopefully representing all different fans views that's why that's why we love it so you know if we were all like just robots and all agreed on absolutely everything and it was just bulked down it'd be pretty boring wouldn't it so you know for, from that perspective i mean i think the comparisons obviously they're there with the walls and the brightons and so on and so forth but the first the first um comparison on them side of things is that uh, that they were all at home, right, for the recent games that you were talking about. And obviously, Chelsea was away. When you go back to Chelsea drawing 1-1 with Brighton, uh, which obviously they did on the 29th of December, and Chelsea was here at home, they um, Brighton were brilliant. Brighton were brilliant. And they, they scored in the 91st minute, right, to get the draw. But they had more shots on target than them. They were they had more attempts than Chelsea. So they, they had the ability, the belief to take it to them. And I can't remember because it's gone now, but... Uh, one of the, uh, one of the people in the comments just said it is a different mentality, like Jeff was saying, but it's a different mentality. Brighton versus Chelsea or Burnley versus Chelsea, yeah, they might get draws, but Tottenham, Chelsea, Chelsea, Tottenham, it's different. It's different for both sets of fans. They want to smash us. They want to go and smash us. Like they're not. Chelsea might, players might not be bothered about smashing Brighton. Like Ziyech didn't even celebrate the other day. He was celebrating today, though, wasn't he? You know, yeah. so, so there is that extra level of you know one percent or two percent and, and that type of stuff. I think, you know, like I said at the beginning, I, I applaud Conte because he's trying something different. He's having a look and saying, OK, I think last time around we set up like this. We went toe-to-toe with him, 3-4-3 three, three in, in, the, in the first game of the bridge. And uh, and we got schooled, in my opinion. And that would have hurt Conte. A lot of the time when Conte's coming out after defeat, so most people, and Jeff, you'll know this, you interview, the, you interview all the managers, you interview the guy and set the man himself, right? When they come out and, they, and he's, he looks forlorn, he's not forlorn because... We haven't signed somebody like straight away. He's forlorn because he's just lost a football match and he's a winner and he don't like losing. Like, you know, he's the same as us. He don't want to lose a football match. He's like, of course he looks maffed off. I, I would be I would be really concerned if he wasn't peed off. If he's if he's like, oh hi, yeah, yeah, it was a great game, wasn't it? No, it wasn't. It was bloody awful. And yeah, so I'd much rather rather see that side of him. Um and I think I think that so I applaud him for trying to do something different. I think the frustration for me as a football fan is if you go toe-to-toe with Chelsea, is it fair to say that we probably get beaten? Yes. Like, everybody will, will say that. The lads have already said that as well. Yeah. But, yep. but have we got, have we got, and maybe this is the question, but have we got enough class on the pitch to at least lay a glove on them, to at least have a go, to at least have a couple of shots on target that tests Kepa? I mean... Since since Mendy's been out, he's their best goalkeeper, by the way. He's been there in the African Cup of Nations, right? We've had Kepa, he's, he's walked in and so we ain't really tested him. What no. I think we had one de- I know we had three shots on target day, but one decent one. I mean, you know, obviously Kane scored a goal that, that was ruled off uh, for, for a foul. Um and yeah, maybe it was different, but what happens if we awaken beast, you know, when we score and all of a sudden they start attacking and all of a sudden they score three goals? You know, that's football, right? You know, tactic. Yeah. He made the decision to play them players and put them tactics in place, and unfortunately, it didn't work out. But it's one game, not five hundred games. As you no, said, he's coming it's, to the coming to the football club. Yeah. Nine games. Uh, sorry, he's unbeaten in nine games. One six, drawn one before, uh, drawn three before today. Yeah, guys, yes, mate. It's it's important. I think you're right. It is important to keep perspective. It really, really is. Right before we go right, for a mate. break, we're just right. going to uh, read out some of the listeners' statements we've had in. Uh, thank you so much. I think we've had over 70 questions that come into the last one on Spurs. I mean, actually, we can't read out all 70 because we would be here till midnight. And uh, we didn't promise Jeff 
Orly on that at all. Orly McQueen from actually loves last word on Spurs. Uh, so let's take a flavour of what's coming to the show. Um, Dave Clark, we've touched upon this, Dave, and Dave's brought it up here. He says, what is that mental block about going to Stanford Bridge? Should we have made those changes earlier at half time? I'm sure we'll come on to that in terms of the story of the game. Uh, Nikki at Nikki Highland Spurs, I think he's watching right now. Nikki says, didn't expect much from the game. Still in a great position in the league with some clear investment now. This could still be a great season when others are planning in Europe. We still have plenty of time on the training pitch. Back Conte. Nathan Lynch says this squad needs major investing. The likes of Jaffet and Seth should have been off at half-time and should have been replaced adequately. Simon Braddock says, do the panel agree that changing the mentality of this club includes how we go about playing these type of games? Simon, I think like I say we've touched upon that briefly. I think there is definitely a need in terms of the mentality. That, As we said, Chelsea, whatever it is, no matter team, when we see that team and that name, it just seems to startle us. And again, it's Tottenham, as Jeff touched upon it earlier, um, in 20 years. Before you go to a break, quickly, I just want to just want to have a nice mention to who's becoming one of our best friends here on Last World on Spurs, Arsenal for life. Weirdly, he's back or she's back, right? To be fair, and uh, yeah, we, we didn't win today, but did you did you win today, Arsenal at home? New Burnley, Neil, Job on, job on. It's, it's very strange. Very, very strange. Very strange. Uh, Cameron Yarder Jr. says, um, I've said Spurs won't have a proper chance at the top four unless they have additions in January. Nothing has changed my mind. I suspect there'll be lots of Enoch and Levy out chants and banners if fans aren't impressed by the end of this January transfer window. Sperano says, why are we disappointed with that result? The performance and the fact we have lost against Chelsea is always the case. Let's keep things in perspective. That was our first loss in the league since October. It's right. I mean, October, <laughs> bearing in mind we're now January. That does feel a while away. Um, Peter says, that was on Conte. No need to put the abomination of that team out today. Completely destroyed all the momentum and confidence gathered from Wednesday night. We were all right to slack, Levy, for a lack of investment. But the team selection is up there with Nuno V's Arsenal. No half-time subs either. Do you know what's again, isn't it? It's, it's so funny, you know, fans and their different opinions. Listen, again, you can't please everybody. And that's the nature of football. But we are going to go for our first break of the show for our listeners that are on audio. Okay, mate. I mean, look, it's always difficult here. We'd actually yeah. competed really well and then go out the out the top draw, I guess. Yeah, look, um, I think we had our game plan. wasn't far off being spot on in the first half. Um, we limited them to some set-piece headers that were comfortably over the bar. Didn't really carve us open too much. Um, and then, yeah, look, they... They managed to stick one in the in the top corner, which which is fair enough. I guess if somebody does that, then you've got to clap your hands to it. Um, the disappointment for us is obviously the the second goal, which is a set piece that we've conceded from quite a few set pieces recently, which is a bit of a worry for us because um, that should be your type bread and butter type stuff where you should be rock solid and uh, and, and we've got something for us to work on. Yeah, I mean we kept going, we kept going, we get going, but once you're behind here, it's ever so difficult, isn't it? Yeah, look, it's it's tough. Being one 0 down, and when, like I said, when you let them have a set piece like that, which is so simple, um, it's almost almost impossible. But um, I guess we kept going, and um, we didn't chuck in the towel. I think we we fought hard and didn't manage to create create too much. But um, I think we're starting to see that we we kind of don't give up. We still keep going no matter how, how the game is for us. Look, I mean, we saw that especially at Leicester, didn't we, during the week? And look, this is Antonio's first Premier League defeat in ten since yeah. he's joined us. Look, we're going in the right direction here, aren't we? Yeah, look, we, like the way the way we're playing, I think it's more what what he's doing to our mentality. You know, what he's doing to the inside of us. Um, that kind of never say never say die attitude. You never feel like you're out of a game. Just giving us that belief and the confidence. Um, 
that we believe we are where we, where we should be at Tottenham. Um, so look, we're obviously very happy to have him here. He's obviously a world-class manager and um, look very fortunate that we're on the training pitch every day and, and, we're get, and he's getting his ideas across and we're listening to him and, and we're trying to carry it out as best we can. And game time for you as well, which is important for you, isn't it? Yeah, look, I've um, obviously had a tough time since uh, for, for a while now, so obviously to get some some minutes and try and um, contribute to the team as, as much as I can um, in whatever position. I know I've been in a few different positions now um, over the last last few weeks, so which is I don't mind as as long as the manager has, just, has trust in me and um, I go out there and, and do the best I can. Well, I mean, look, we saw at Leicester the impact you had in that game when you're, you're playing right wing back and yeah. perfect to that system, aren't you? So you yeah, know, look, hopefully. well, that's that's kind of what got me here in the first place. Um, that's why I play where I played at Wolves. That's why. That's why I'm, I'm here now. So um, yeah, look, it's a formation that I I, lo I, lo I love playing, and um, yeah, look, it's just just suits me. I like to be high up the pitch um, and trying and trying and trying to link with players and getting behind. So um, yeah, the system is is quite enjoyable. So I guess we take this one on the chin. A couple of weeks off now, but then you look at the pitch and you look at the table. Bigger picture. It's, we're all right, look, we're we? right there. You know, we've got games in hand. Um, I know they're, most of them are away from home, but that, that doesn't matter. They're not going to enjoy playing against us. Um, so look, I know we go back. I think it's FA Cup, and, and and then we're straight back into the league. So we'll recharge now and and rest, and like you say, take it on the chin and, and make sure next week when we come back training that we're we're focused and, and concentrated and um, ready to push on for the back end of the season. Antonio, your first defeat in the Premier League, tough one to take because we we really competed well in the first half, didn't we? Yeah, um, uh, for sure, uh, very disappointed for the first defeat in Premier League. But at the same time, uh, uh, you had to accept because uh, uh, in this moment the level of the, the two squad, the two teams, uh, are uh, are different. I think there is an important gap, and uh, uh, in one side we are, we have to be disappointed for. Uh, uh, for the defeat, but in the other side, we have to know that the, uh, the players uh, they've given everything uh, today, but uh, it uh, it wasn't enough because uh, they are uh, really good and uh, they have uh, an important squad, and uh, um, this is the the difference between us and them. So we compete well in the first half. Look, Ziek comes up with that goal. Fair enough. We just spoke to Matt Doherty and he said that the set piece is the one that's annoyed everyone, really, the, the, the goal, the second goal. Because that, that leap makes it really difficult then, doesn't it, 2-0? Yeah, for sure we have to improve and uh, on set pieces because in three, in three games against Chelsea we, we considered uh, uh, every goal on set pieces. They are very strong because they have good players to kick and then uh, to... To, to go on for, for, for the others and uh, but I repeat we are talking about uh, European Champions League they, they, they won uh, the Champions League and then if uh, we don't want to see this uh, and uh, in this moment uh, they are very very good and, uh, and they are very strong what positives can you take out today though Antonio but uh, for sure the, the commitment of the players because uh, we tried uh, with uh, uh, despite the, the difficulty and the emergency, no? because uh, 
Um, before the game, uh, we have recovered uh, Lucas Mora for the bench, skip, uh, and uh, the same Emerson wasn't uh, so good. But um, without these three players and the Son and uh, Romero for, for us, uh, we are uh, we are in trouble. We are in trouble, and uh, for sure. And uh, uh, I think that we did everything to to give our best. But sometimes also to to give uh, your best. And uh, it's not enough. I guess just finally, look, first defeat in ten in the Premier League for you. Break now. Everyone can then come back after that. If you look at the table, we're in, we're right in amongst it. FA Cup as well. I'm just saying, it's difficult today, but bigger picture. Yeah, yeah, but uh, I, I repeat, uh, and uh, I prefer I prefer to be realistic, and uh, don't look, I don't look the table, I don't look the table because, and uh, we have to to, to think uh, in the way that we can improve, and uh, if if we can to improve, because I think that uh, to fight until the end for for to get a, a good result, a good final position is not easy for us in this moment. And then uh, and we have to, to, to work, we have to try to, in these four months, to, to give our, uh, our best, to get the, the best uh, possible result. And then, uh, then we'll see. For our watching audience on YouTube, we've got nearly over 600 of you watching us live. Thank you so much for always your support on the back of always a difficult, difficult result at Stamford Bridge. We get used to saying that. Let's kick off the second half with you, Jeff, coming over to you. Um, that team, and Jeff, you know this, I know you are on Twitter, and whenever a team selection goes up, I think it's fair to say that there's always disagreements about the team that comes out. But um, again, today, really no difference. We saw Spurs lining up with a number of injuries beforehand. We knew Emerson Royal was struggling, which is why he came off at halftime at the King Power. And we instead played uh, Ben Davis, Ryan Sessignon. Uh, on the right, we had Jaffet Tanganga with Matt Doherty slightly ahead of him. I could see people already putting their... Those last three, they're not they're not at the level, right? We we mm. know they're not at the level. No. Uh, Jaffet's slightly different in that you know that he's going to need time to develop and that he yep. will be a better player inevitably. Uh, Doherty, like it doesn't just it just doesn't seem at, at it at all. I don't know whether he really believes whether he's going to be good enough uh, either. And uh, so yeah, look, there's a few players in there that are just not 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 of the standard. And I think Conte will know that. That adds to the frustration. Picking them, it, I don't know. Sometimes I think managers pick players and give them minutes effectively to, to put them in shop windows so that someone during the transfer window goes, I'll oh, go on and you actually can do a job for our team. There might be an element of that. Otherwise, you know, I'm not sure. It weren't the strongest 11 that he could have do, picked. Do you, but again, I, awesome. I trust Conte. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you got to trust the manager. What, what do we know? We've all got an opinion because obviously yeah. we, we, we go along and we support the club. So... Uh, but if that's who he thought he needed to put out, then he must have had a very good reason. Mm. That team, just to read it out, so of course, and Eric Dyer was back in the lineup. He took his place next to Ben Davis. Stephen Bervai came into the team, of course, following his match-winning display against the Foxes. Um, again, the headline news beforehand was Deli Ali, Tungi and Dombele, Lascelso all missing out on the match day squad. We had confirmation beforehand that all three um, had no injuries. So therefore, keep an eye on what is going to happen in that January transfer window. And that team read... Coming over to you, Lee, on that red lorries, Tanganga, Sanchez, Dyer, Davis, Doherty, Winks, Hoybier, Sessignon, Bergvon, Kane, with a bench of Galini, Regulon, Emerson, Roden, White, Skip, Lucas, Hill, Scarlet. I mean, 
yeah, you don't need me to tell you that maybe the, the lack of quality being as kind as I can to that team. But seeing it, Leon, firsthand, mm. did you honestly believe going to the bridge with a chance with that team? Did you back Conte to set up in a way in which Spurs could get a result? I thought Conte is a genius, <laughs> apparently. He must know what he's doing. That, mm. that was my thought. My, my heart dropped. My heart sank. I thought, what's going on here? But I thought, no, OK. We've got a manager who is really doing bits, has done bits for a long, long time. He must have an idea. He must have a plan. Within the first minute, <laughs> Lukaku has got a very good chance. And Lukaku didn't have a good game today. Yeah, whether that's absolutely. Good yeah, agree. They've had a chance. So what does that do to the mindset of the players on the pitch when they set up in a particular way? Right, we're going to keep it tight. We're going to do X, Y, Z. Bang. First minute, Lukaku. All right, look at it again. Half chance. But actually, I thought, wow, OK, this, this ain't going to work out. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't know what was up with, with, with Mora in terms of whether he was fit enough or not. Um, maybe, you know, you guys can enlighten me on that one because, you know, you wouldn't take Mora out of the team because he because of defensive reasons, because actually he's one of the hardest working, you know, better defensive players, I believe, in that team. You know, he, he, he doesn't lose many headers. He goes into his tackles. He works hard up and down. I've no idea why we've not tried him at right wing back, if that's what we're going to do. We're going to go and spend 25 million on trial rate to get more attacking down the right. Well, we've got a guy there who I believe could do that job pretty well. Maybe it's because what you lose in the middle, because he can actually beat a player something not many players in our current team can actually do. They can't actually commit a player. Look, we've had Modric, we've been spoiled with Modric and, and Dembele right over the years. So we've been massively spoiled by players in, in, in those positions um, who can commit a player, take a player out of the game, make a bit of space for somebody else. That's when you're passing, that's when your Tottenham football works. So when I looked at that team, I did think, OK, this is going to be really interesting. I'm going to sit back and learn and, and back it. First minute, there we are, yeah. but that's yeah. football, right? Absolutely, yeah. Lee, let's come over to you. I mean, like uh, Leon said there, I mean, from the very off, <laughs> we could have easily found ourselves 1-0 down. I mean, there, there was a VAR check for a potential red card against Matt Doherty that went our way. And um, just very quickly on this, uh, uh, do you think, Lee, there was a case there Doherty could have gone? No, not for me. It was, it wasn't, it wasn't, there's no malice in it. Um, I think that um, yeah, he definitely caught him. There's no doubt about it. But the, these sorts of things look a laugh, you know, hundred times worse, don't they? When you slow it down in slow motion and stuff like that, it did look like a horrible, uh, uh, you know, horrible challenge. But it was there was no malice in it. He did catch him late, but uh, you know, I mean, I don't even think he got booked for that. By the way, I don't even think he even got uh, got a yellow card for it. So I think that was the right decision for sure. Mm. Um, yeah. So yeah, I don't, I don't think there was there was anything in that, Rick. To be fair, I, I can see the boys are both uh, shaking their heads. So we'll move on from that incident and talk about one that I think all of us are still perplexed as to what actually came to conclusion of this one. Um, Harry Kane. So he has the ball in the net, but he's a judge to have been punished. Well, or, sorry, pushed. Should I say? Uh, Kane pushing as we saw Thiago Silva. I mean, Lee. You can see Conte I mean, was I, furious I on the furious on the touchline yeah. with that. I mean, do, yeah. do we say is that clever? from Thiago Silva and what he's done there, is that all the in-game match experience that he's had that enables him to do what he does? Yeah. Or is that Spurs, again, not getting a decision against the top four side? No, I think I think it's uh, I think it's Silva. Thiago Silva was, uh, was very good there. I'll be honest with you, though, I thought it was a foul. Uh, and I know, Jeff, you're probably going to absolutely batter me for that because you were like, what on earth? Um, but that's why I, I thought it was a foul. And the reason why is because 
Kane don't need to do that. He does not need to put his hand on him at all. He scores, in my opinion, with um, uh, with Thiago Silva's momentum. He's taking the cross anyway. He does not need to put his hand on him. As soon as Thiago Silva feels hand on the back of his uh, back, on his back, he's going down, and he gives the referee a decision to make. Kane don't touch him. There's no decision to make, and I still think I still think he uh, I still think he puts the ball in the back of the net. So it, look. Referees give decisions for funny things. I think there was another incident in in the opposite penalty area with Lukaku, and it didn't go anywhere, so it didn't get given as a foul. But it should have got given as a foul if Kane's was a foul. So there's that inconsistencies there. But I think Kane was making a rod for his own back there. If you don't touch him, it clearly can't be a foul. But so I'm asking the question: Why are you touching him? If it, if it weren't a foul, why are you putting your why are you putting your hand out? You don't need that. <clears throat> I think instinctively, strikers are always using parts of their arm in order to hold players off to create mm. that shooting opportunity. So sometimes yeah. it's that forearm. Uh, like on that occasion, it was just one hand. I mean, if it's two hands, then it's a straight free kick, obviously. Because it was the one, it was interesting. You get quite intricate with this. But Silver was literally completely out of um, position, if you like. His, uh, his body shape was wrong. And also, he was still heading. Um, towards the goal, if you like. So, because the hand's touching him and he's going in that direction, there's more chance of it being given. Whereas, ordinarily, Kane would expect him and his positioning to have been a little bit better and he would have been heading towards Kane. Um, so, that, that's the difference. And I think if he's heading towards Kane and Kane's holding him off, it's not a push, it's, you know, it's a maintaining that, you that know, like hand there rather than a push, is what you're saying. Yeah, that's, you know, that, again, like, that's, 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 sort of detail I wouldn't necessarily expect a, a ref to to go because of all the training they get what really upsets me and you saw a really rubbish pen given in the Liverpool Palace game as well yeah, yeah. and I, yeah. I just wish more refs had played the game because I think that you understand when 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 ultimately someone has looked to go into a challenge as opposed to avoid one and you know there's a lot about weight distribution and things like that that doesn't seem to be understood enough why is it so many people can watch these decisions and kind of all come to a very similar conclusion? Um, you know, this ain't even a 50-50. But actually, a lot of, a lot of people on, uh, on air I've seen popping up saying that it looked like a push and stuff. But I stand by, I stand by what I'm saying about the fact that what's key is that Silver is heading towards the goal as opposed to towards Kane, in which case it's just a holding off. Um, but yeah, oh, his, his turn and his, and his finish was was great, and he you could see with Kane like he, he believed wholeheartedly the way he reeled off mm. to celebrate that he he didn't in in any shape or form feel that he'd uh, that he that he'd fouled him. But that's his experience. It's the only thing he could do. He realised he was in trouble and just threw himself to the floor. But let's face it, our cap, uh, Harry's done that a few times. Just uh, you know, it hurts when it happens to you, basically. Absolutely, yeah. Do you know, if you take in isolation, if you put a camera on Silver in that moment, I mean, it just looks. <laughs> I understand where you're coming from, Jeff. And Joe, you know it's one of those where I think it is clever play from Thiago Silver, isn't it, Leon? Coming over to you, no matter what we think, you know, many people think you know it's classless diving. It's not even a proper push from Kane. But I think it's one of those where, again, if you reverse it, it's one of our players that are doing it as a defender. You're almost praising it. I mean, where do you sit on it, Leon? For you, the overall situation no, of that decision. Yeah, I mean, for me, it was interesting that Gary Neville was convinced that that was a goal. Convinced. Like, no grey area. This is a disgrace. Should be a goal. Go to the studio. Roy Keane, who wasn't a bad player, 
he's like, right, no chance. That, that's, that's absolutely a foul, right? So you've got two key people in the game saying, and they've got all the replays, they can watch it back, et cetera, et cetera, saying completely, two, two completely different things. Um, I don't know if, I mean, you wouldn't use VAR in that circumstance as far as I understand the rules. Like you wouldn't use it for that. And I'll, I'll look out for the comments to see if anyone can correct me on that. Um, but it would be interesting if something like that went to VAR because that's actually something which would be like, well, it would have shaped a, a different narrative in the game. Who knows what would have happened? I mean, I know um, Jimmy was suggesting it wouldn't have made a blind bit of difference in that game if Tottenham would have won one up because Chelsea still would have continued playing the way that they did and Spurs the way that they did. But um, I mean, I guess I thought of it, right, if that's Lukaku on Dyer, how am I feeling about that? If I'm seeing that movement and there was a movement and whether that's Kane being slightly off balance because he's running that way or whatever it is, there was a, a movement that made me think, okay, well, maybe there is maybe there is something in this push, but I'm not sure. Um, it, yeah, it, 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 it was just a real interesting one for me. Into, I mean, it'd be interesting. What do Spurs fans think? If that's if that's on if that's Lukaku on Dyer, well, yeah, are we having a moan up on here? Yeah, I, I'll be honest. I just again, I just think it's it's for me. It's one of those decisions that you know. You don't get them at Stamford Bridge. And I'm trying to be, I don't mean to be um, playing a bias card at all, but, you know, I just think those decisions will always seem to favour the home side. In these, you know, people say about Anfield and Old Trafford. I just, that that's my personal view on it. Again, I totally agree that the minute you put, I think you, Lee, you said this at the time, the minute you're going to put your hands on a defender, you're always going to run the risk of that being pulled back for a foul. You always are, unfortunately. It's just one of those things. Um, the manager said on this incident, uh, Conte said in the first half, the referee disallowed a goal and I was very clever with, uh, very clear with him. It was incredible to see this goal disallowed in England, maybe in Italy 50-50, but not in England. It's incredible. It also annoyed me a lot, the yellow card for Tanganga. Um, Thomas Tuchel said after the game on his Sky interview, I didn't see it when we heard that before. Uh, live, I thought it was a goal and I was surprised. I mean, again, it depends what angle you come from on that. I mean, again, so many comments. Soft, soft, soft. Uh, VAR should maybe be taking a look, a look at that as well. We've seen VAR over the course of the last few weeks really being brought into play now a lot by, again, different fans and the decisions being made. I think all we ask for is consistency with VAR, isn't it? That's all we want is consistency, Lee. Just, just quickly coming in. Like, sorry, sorry, Jeff. Just quickly. You know, I think we just proved just by having that quick debate for five minutes that even if there was VAR having a look at it, it it's, it's, not, it's not concrete, is it? Because it's, an, it's it's subjective and it's opinionated, and you know, Jeff makes some really good points. Actually, swinging my 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 viewpoint on it, I had some good. You know, Leon makes some good points. It's it's very difficult. You know, if you don't put your hand on him, there's no decision to make. VAR don't need to get involved. The ref don't need to get involved, and Kane still scores. So, it, it, in my opinion, but you know, he might have fluffed it. But the the momentum of Thiago Silva was going, as Jeff said, that way anyway. So he didn't need to push him or put a hand on him or he didn't even need to fend him off because it he was already past him. He just needed to receive the ball, let Thiago Silva go see you later and just do exactly what he did. So it's a, it's a shame. And actually, I agree with a lot of Jimmy's comments throughout the, all the shows that uh, that he joins us on in in, uh, in the comments. But I disagree with that. I think that, you know, the fact goes in and that, that, that counts, that changes the momentum. It's the, the, the belief that clearly we lacked in the second half is already there because we're 1-0 up. Does that make sense? I think that you start, you know, Jeff talked about the mentality thing before. I think you start believing more if, you're, if, if you've if got something to hold on to almost. 
You know, they're, they're then coming out. All of a sudden, the counter-attack comes into play. It does change the game. Goals change games, right? Somebody once said, famously. With four full-backs on the pitch, if you go 1-0 up and you're set up to defend, I think that was yeah, the that, realistic that's... approach to getting yeah. something from that game anyway. You're not mm. looking to win it 3-0. You obviously no. settle for one. And I think he, he knew that we was going to have to, you know, score first and, yeah. and dig in. But um, Spursy Vibe just uh, put a comment. This is what I was going to actually say is when we're, mm. we're talking about players having, you know, arms on people and contact, when you think about corner kicks and the amount of contact that goes on, it's like they're dancing together, like, on the, you know, on the on the dance floor. There's, there's so much and that's seemingly acceptable. So when you just isolate the fact that it's just Kane um, and Silver there, um, then actually that doesn't seem so bad in that example, does it? No, no, I, I agree. I mean, uh, let's come on as painful as it is to discuss the goals. Uh, Leon, let's come to you. I mean, Ziyech opening the scoring. It depends how you see this. Many people said it's a wonderful strike, um, but Again, for me, I'm on, I'm on the level that why would you let Ziyech have that much time on his left foot when you know that's his favoured foot? I mean, do you agree that defensively, when Jeff says there about the whole aspect of this game is staying in it, not allowing yourself to go one nil down, the goal we give away, listen, it is a great strike. Um, but for me, it's still defendable. Do you agree? Yeah, I don't know. Because, I mean, watching it on the replay, like you can see Sessegnon's got his eyes on on ZX, but then there's an overlap that I think he's conscious of. That's why he doesn't move. That that's that that was my feeling watching it back. I felt like I can't go to I let him have the shot there as opposed to him top this in because I've committed myself. That's what I thought was going through his mind at the time. And look, the shot is just just unreal. You know, it was, it was just out of this world. We know that you know it, it, for me it just felt like oh, we've, we've done okay here. <laughs> um to get done like that and then get done off it. Well, we'll talk about the second goal. But um, was it defendable? I, I don't know. I, I, I kind of just felt like it was just a great strike and it's far enough out that actually mm. I preferred to have a shot there than actually play it inside and yeah. it around me. That was my feeling at the time. What is it with Chelsea wonder goals against us? What is it? I mean, I go back to Gallas. I mean, you know, we can go back years. You know, the amount of goals, it's just, you know, Adrian there agrees with me on the screen there in terms of the amount of time he had to line it up. I mean, Lee, let's come over to you quickly on the first goal because I know it's painful discussing goals against, especially against this lot. Lee, for you, defendable? Should we be doing more or do you just take your hat off and say, great strike? No, I I, I, I think I agree with Leon on that. Like, I think that where it started was Jaffet down the right-hand side. He came on on the second half. He was already on a yellow card. He gets beaten down that, that, that right-hand side and he can't, he can't foul the bloke. Uh, was it Hudson or Doyle? I think he's done him again. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he touches him, he's off, isn't he? That's the problem. He's, yeah, he's limited to what he can do. He touches him, he's off. So he has to let him go. And then when he lets him go, he can't then foul him whatever to guarantee yellow card. So he, he's gone. So, so that, that was the first kind of, you know, uh, I suppose, issue. When, when Zach gets the ball, I agree with Leon, there was two runners either side. So Sess could have come in and made it Zach go down his right-hand side, i.e. not on his left foot. But as soon as he's done that, Ziyech just passes to whoever was on, on the overlap and that causes us a problem. But look, the strike was an absolute world-class strike. You could not have put that in the top bins anymore. Like, it was literally a perfect strike. It was it was a wonderful strike. And I don't mind. Look, sometimes you have to put your hands up and just go, wow, that was, that was brilliant. Um, unfortunately for us, it comes so quick in the second half. And then they scored so quick, so fast yeah. after that, uh, the first one. 
Yeah. Kulos. Yeah. Um, we've got a comment on the screen here from uh, Two Joseph. I'm not upset we we lost and we expected it, but it does my head when we underhit and overhit passes for a whole match. Chelsea's passing was immaculate. That's an interesting point. I mean, I, you know, I, I'll be honest with you. For me, the, the game is defined by you know that that first goal as we've said is ultimately key to where this game's going to go. And and again, we discussed the second one followed not too long after that. Jeff, to come over to you. Um, free kick floated in. From Mount, it touched silver on the way through. Typically, I mean, there will be that argument that should have been on the field, but again, we've we've gone through that already in terms of the opening goal. But did you ever feel, Jeff? You know, at one nil or two nil, was there ever a belief that we could get back into this game, or is it almost um, trying to, well, resolve damage from limitation in a way that we we don't want this to become a hiding? Yeah, yeah. As soon as that that first went in. Um, and by the way, I, I do think that there was a, I think Asper, Equator, uh, an overlap, which meant Sessegnon had to basically just, yeah. he had to deal with that. And he was the closest and, and that's what stopped him from getting it. Hoiberg, to be fair, he, he'd sort of come from a central position. He, he weren't really ever going to get anywhere near it. But anyway, after that first one goes in, I, I, I saw them demoralised, basically. <clears throat> it sometimes it takes a few minutes for you to get your head back and get how many how many minutes were there between the goals? Very good question. Um well we what Phil on the screen is saying eight, 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 minutes. eight minutes between eight minutes. the two. You'd like to think within eight minutes you'd sort of got your head around the fact that you're one nil down and you're just gonna have to uh, yeah. uh, you know find that goal. Um but yeah from the from the cross it would just usually I think defensively the way we're set up we're a much better defensive team now. I think we would have been dealing with these things all day long, but I, I can't look at it technically or from a coach's point of view and, and, and feel like, well, you know, he wasn't surrounded by Tottenham players. Mm. It was, uh, I think, you know, it was an immaculate cross, if you like, in terms of... It's, it's a very hard one to defend, that, isn't it? Yeah. Pace, he? And, and yep. again, two, not, not two lucky goals, but, but two, a, a perfect finish and a perfect cross that makes that header possible. Yeah. Boys, let's, let's touch upon the defence. Jeff, I want to stick with you because um, this player, to be fair, he's had a very tough month, Jeff, at Tanganga. And I am cautious when we do these shows that, um, again, he's a young kid. He's one of our own. But there's also, you know, people want to hear like a reality perspective. I mean, for me, I think, you know, the guy over the course of the last month, he's been at fault for a lot of Spurs' goals. And I just think sometimes when a player is going through a bad run, just take him out. But the problem Spurs have had, of course, is they've been out without Romero. They've been without Dyer. They haven't got a lot of defensive options there. Do you almost feel for Tanganga in a way that he's continuing to be played despite these errors or lapses of concentration? Or, or do you back him that this will make him stronger as a player? Just, uh, I almost want to go into a parenting philosophy. The only way my kids at 17 and 18 are going to learn it's through mistakes. So I know that now. Like there's all the lectures in the world that you can give them, mm. <clears throat> and I'm sure it's the same with a young footballer. Is that the best way for a player to learn <clears throat> and develop is to is to make mistakes. And sadly, um, these have happened for us against Chelsea. You'd like to think that it's making him a, a better, stronger player, teaching him. You know, with the sending off, you know, teaching when to dive in, when not to, how to. Be a bit more mature in your reactions to things. Don't don't let players get at you or get in your head. And um, yeah, it'll be a better player at the at the end of it. But who else are you going to put in instead of him uh, uh, today? I, I'm not I'm not sure what the other option was really. Mm. And I think this is the biggest problem, isn't it, Lee? Coming over to you, that as I've said before, um, 
I know Jason's been on the show and said that he hasn't seen any more improvement from Tanganga since his debut. I don't think he means that as a criticism. He's just being honest from what we've seen with Tanganga. No. For me personally, I think giving him a loan, I think it wouldn't be the worst case in the world, like an, you know, an AC Milan that would give him the opportunity to go and play um, more at a more relaxed level to be able to get used to the art of defending. I think the Premier League at the moment and the nature of the games he's played, they've all been really, really um, high-demanding games. Playing Chelsea, and we've played them now three times in a month. That's a lot for a young player. And the problem with him is he's had mistakes. He's not had the opportunity to come out of the team and just take five. He's been put back in again and again and again. And um, we don't want it to ruin the kid because he might become a really, really good player. But what do you think for you, Lee? Would you be in favour of letting him go this window? Or, yeah, where are you on, Jeff? Yeah, I, I completely agree with Jeff. Completely. I mean, when you're bringing young players through, you know, whether or not they're, um, you know, in football and business, you know, your own children, whatever it might be, they are going to make mistakes. If, if that's life. That's how it works. The problem with Tottenham Hotspur Football Club is that we can't afford to have people make mistakes because we haven't got other people that will bail them out, for, for example, or, you know, we, we're starved and we're desperate for success um, to, to win every game and think that we can go toe-to-toe with Chelsea and beat them and uh, and, and win tro- and we, we're desperate for trophies that we can't we can't blood in the youngster and get them to, uh, to, to to make mistakes. So it is really difficult. When you look at Harry Kane, Harry Kane went out on what, nine loans, did he? Eight loans, something like that? I mean, he's become world-class yeah. strike off the back of it. Um, mm-hmm. I, I absolutely think Jaffet needs to go out on loan. Um, I love seeing one of uh, uh, one of our own, two of our own, three of our own. You know, against Leicester, we had four of our own start a football match. I think that's brilliant. You know, being you know lo- loving Tottenham Hotspur and where they are, and they've grown up through the academy. And I love seeing that. But yeah, he needs he needs to go and get some different experience. He needs to go and get a loan, like Troy Parrott's out on loan. You know, Chelsea, I think, have got 22, 23 players out on loan. Isn't Brozier, for example, a Chelsea player? And he's, and he's starting to rip up trees at Southampton and all that stuff. So I think mm. it would be brilliant for him to go and get a loan. Um, if he stays with the squad and, play, and playing, this is brilliant experience for him now and the stuff that he's having to go through. For, but it's for costing the, us It's costing us know, games. It's costing us. Yeah. But it's costing us. But it's costing yeah, it's costing us. And us. And I, I, again, this is my biggest worry that, listen, I'm all for, coming over to you, Leon, I'm all for giving... Players a chance. Like Oliver Skip, for example, Skippy has been, a, you know, come on to Skip. He's been brilliant since he's come through this season, especially with Tottenham. He had that loan again, had a loan with Norwich, played ever so well. Has come back and done really well. But with Tanganga, um, I think many people kind of pick up on the fact that he just doesn't seem to have that composure on the ball. I just wonder if it's almost he's been overplayed over the course of the last couple of months, and whether a loan somewhere fresh might be good for him, or maybe just coming out the team for a while. I mean, what do you think, Neil? Yeah, no, I, I think it's a really interesting one with Tanganga because if you go back to the Manchester City game, he had Raheem Sterling on toast. You know, he set Absolutely. the tone for the team yep. from minute one. Like, he had Raz off that pitch, bang, right into him, set the tone for the whole game, looked an absolute world-beater. And around that time, we were talking about, we need a right-back, we need to get him out of the club to have a loan, et cetera, et cetera. But he played so well in those first well, that first game in particular, right? So he earned his his right to stay. Um, and, I mean, I do think he needs a loan. Uh, loans can go both ways, right? So, like, Ryan Sessegnon went out on loan, did did pretty well out in Germany, has come back. Um, and, look, we'll we'll see. We'll see how, how, how he gets on, and we will hope he kind of pushes on. He's had 
some signs of doing really well, but at the same time, you're kind of not completely convinced. Let's be honest at this at this point in time. Um, yeah. he has gone out and he's come back, and wow, you know, like last year, Hoiberg was unbelievable in my view. Yep. This year, I'm looking at it thinking, right, well, I don't know. If, do we need both of them in there? Is, mm. is that how we're going to play at home against teams bottom half of the table? Do we need Hoiberg and Skip? Yeah. I've learned a bit more about Skip because Skip's got a bit more to his game than just blocking and tackling and what's not. His passing is pretty good going forward. I'm, I'm learning more and more about him as I watch him all the time. But yeah. coming back to Tanganga, it's like, where do you loan him? Do you loan him to the championship? Because I think that's way below his level. I, I think that's the only interest is really Leon has been from, from what you understand, AC Milan have got a meeting scheduled with Fabio Paratici uh, Monday morning. That They seem to be the club that are really seems to be pushing for him at the moment on a loan. I, I think... From what we're hearing, Spurs, though, they, they would like to have the option there, maybe of an obligation to buy him. So I find that, again, very interesting, how, how that's going to play out in these next seven to eight days of this transfer window. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd seen the stories about Milan. I never know what to believe, but I guess, you know, my friends in the, in the, uh, in the, in the press uh, know, know their stuff, and I'm sure the agents are pushing those stories pretty, pretty yeah. hard to increase the, the, the price of the players and the value of the players. But, um, yeah, I mean, if you went to AC Milan, um, you know, you, you don't want the obligation to buy, in my view. Um, yep. you, you, you want to have him back if he's done well there. Because I think playing in that league, if you're going to go to learn how to defend anywhere, you go to Italy, right? So Absolutely. you're going yep. to go and learn to defend. He goes there. Yeah, you want to have a look and see if you bring him back or not. I mean, I know Chelsea with Tamori, wasn't it? Tamori went yep. out to uh, um, Milan. They didn't have him back. But yep. I think it would be really interesting to kind of see his development if he goes out to Serie A. Um, yeah. Because, you know, there's, there's, there's a really good defender there and I think we can all see it. But as you're saying, mm. is the time right now for him to be week in, week out for a team that's pushing for Champions League? That's the big question mark. Yeah, this is key. I mean, again, uh, we will look back at the game, you know, that we saw Skip and Lucas on for Sessiung and Tanganga. Again, it's easy to say with hindsight that you probably would, would have wanted that a lot earlier dependent on fitness. But again, it's very difficult to know the level of what some of these players are at. I mean, Davison Sanchez, to be fair, again, not close enough to Silva for that second goal. He got turned by Lukaku on, again, a, a number of occasions during that match. Eric Dyer, of course, back from injury. Coming over to you, Lee. How, you know, again, you've, you've championed Eric Dyer. How big a return, Lee, will Eric Dyer be to that back line for you? Do you think that will massively help us in these coming weeks? I think so. I think he's been very, very good this season for us. Is he? Is he a World Cup winner? Is he gonna, you know, gonna go for a world record for as a defender? No, I, I don't think so. But what in playing in the back three? I think he's been very, very good. I think he's definitely somebody that uh, Potticino trusted, um, Jose Mourinho trusted, Roy Mason trusted. You know, now Antonio Conte. Um, going back to Jeff's point earlier, you know, who, who, who am I, for example, to? To question Antonio Conte, like he knows what he's doing there, and I think he's been good. Um, what was really interesting about Eric Dyer tonight, though, is that he played him on the right-hand side, and you know, I've I, you look at the the, the two games against Moura uh, when Davinson Sanchez has played on the left-hand side, uh, the the game against um, uh, Chelsea as well when Lukaku um, uh, when he gave away the free kick for the second for the second um, own goal, the, the other the, the Carabao Cup. Sanchez playing on the left-hand side of the fence, I think, is a, weak, is a weakness. Although I actually thought he defended pretty well tonight, to be honest. With, uh, to be honest with you, although he lost he lost his man, didn't he, Thiago Silva for the goal? 
Um, so I thought that was quite interesting that Dyer coming on the right hand side, not on the left hand side, but definitely in a three, Dyer is is strong. And you know, Ben Davis, uh, I know we always have a little joke on the show, you know, six out of ten, gentle Ben, but he's done very, very well in a back three. And actually, when you look at Ben Davis, Eric Dyer, and Romero as a back three unit, actually having Conte now having them all back training fully together and mm. really drilling them for the next yep. week and days or whatever. You would hope, and obviously this is a bit of hope, uh, listeners and viewers, obviously, but you would hope that they can start to get a real momentum going. Um, and then Sanchez, I don't think he's done much wrong, to be honest, um, you know, to drop him out. But I think for me, Romero comes back in. So Dias, is, 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 he will be part of Antonio Conte's definitely his short-term plans, that yeah. i.e., He's not going to look to replace Dyer in this in the next nine days, is he? Let's be honest. No, he no. Might, I mean, I think, yeah. in, but it won't be for Dyer. Is what? Yeah. I, is what? Yeah, Jeff. Let's come over to you. I mean, I think Ben Davis look, today uh, done what he needed to do. Nothing spectacular, <clears> but you know, safe. I would say from Ben Davis. Um, Matt Doherty. To be fair, uh, Jeff. You know, he had some praise after that Leicester game. A big beaming smile from you there. I mean, today really you'd probably say overall wasn't much in terms of that final end product to his game. Is he a player that, Jeff, you'll still expect to see leave this window? Or will he be a Tottenham player come the end of January 31st? I would like him to leave. Um, not obviously anything personal, but I just don't think it's really clicked for him at the club. Um, saying that, like for, for perspective, um, I don't know whose pass it was, but I um, didn't quite find his run. He made a good run and he could have brought the game back to 2-1. It, it would have been a fairly straightforward finish. And, you know, we might be sat here thinking, you know, we love the way that he kept sort of pushing on and looking for that opportunity. But, you know, unfortunately the ball didn't, didn't come to him. But, um, yeah, it's just one of them. I've, I've never I've never really seen anything in a game of football that's made me think he's going to replicate the levels that we saw of him at Wolves. And he, he just he just didn't push on and that's that's interesting as sometimes it doesn't happen for players at their new clubs a club that's perceived to be a, a bigger club um with better players around him you'd you'd think but um but I don't see a massive confidence in him and um so as a result he might as well try a fresh challenge elsewhere. Yeah I agree. Stick with you for a second Jeff because I want to get the boys vantage point on this as well. Um Ryan Sessegnon. Now, for some reason for me, I've just got this weird feeling that I do believe there's still a player in there. And I, and I don't know why I believe this, but I do. And I, I just feel in time, he'll be better than Regulon. And, and I don't know why I say this. I mean, do you share that optimism, Jeff, or am I going absolutely crazy? I'd like to be reminded of his age because I, again, same view in that you don't become a bad player overnight. He was absolutely unreal for Fulham in the championship. We made a great signing. But again, I don't see a player with 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 the kind of confidence that you'd you'd expect. Uh, but I also agree that, that he's not someone that I want to see go because I I would love to see him come good. And um yeah, there's absolutely a, a, a great player there with that blistering pace. And all I remember to him was like he was all I remember about him at Fulham was that it was unreal at getting to the byline, he's you know, creating chances for others. But that required, a, you know, a confident player that you're going to beat players. And maybe it's, it's obviously harder for him to do that in the Premier League. But surely, uh, surely he'll, he'll, he'll get it eventually. He's getting some minutes. And again, it's a similar situation to Jaffet. It's like he's out on the pitch. He's going to be learning and, and hopefully it'll click for him soon because that'll be good mm. for us. 
Yeah, Leon, I want to come on to you about that very quickly on Cesson Young. Um, listen, he had, he had that one big chance in the first half where he was almost through, um, I would say, what, what listen, it was a, a, an angle really, but it was almost like an either a shot or a cross. Um, yeah. What do you make of it? I mean, do you think there's a player in there? I mean, because I know, again, the comments here um, that were potential. You know, how long can we keep on saying the word, he could be good, he could be great, he could be the next thing? We all want it right now. <laughs> That's what the feeling is. Can Sessegnon still be that player for us, do you think? This is where a manager comes into his own and his backroom team and his staff and people around the club. Because what this kid is missing right now is confidence, right? Because this player that I watched a lot of um, at Fulham, I remember watching him in the, the playoff final as well. Mm. Uh, I mean, Jeff's touched on, you know, his kind of pace and getting to the line, etc. But what struck me about him was his intelligence, his in-game intelligence, his passing. Um, Tom Kearney was having an amazing season for Fulham as well. And the link-up play that they had um, with Mitrovic, it was just like like beautiful football. And he wasn't this athlete. He was more than an athlete. He was doing these... He, he was just playing in a particular way that really impressed me. So I'm thinking, right, playing him off the left, OK, that's, that's his position, right? But he was kind of more central at that time in terms of the position he was playing. But... He's a player that needs to be confident to be firing. That, I mean, you could say that about every player, right? But some players particularly need to be really, really confident to do what they do effectively and week in, week out. So actually, it's kind of like, how, how do we get that from... Mm. from um, yeah. who, who within that coaching staff is the person connecting with Ryan to get the best, squeeze the best from him? Yeah. You know, yeah. What's the approach to him in in a different way that you'd approach a Hoybear or whoever it would be? All yes. these kind of things I'd be really interested in. You know, let's face it, unless someone within the squad is going to kind of let us know um, mm. the kind of ways that these players are being managed. That's the thing for me that I think you know he and Tanganga needs. Um, yeah, it's 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 a confidence game. How do we get him to that place? Someone's getting paid a hell of a lot of money to do that. So, you know, let's let us let us let's see how that kind of plays out. But I, I would absolutely kind of keep trying him, keep playing him. I mean, I like I like Reg. I think, um, but to have both of them competing, yeah, um, so many games is a very good situation for Tottenham Hotspur. Yeah, I mean, it's what it's what you want to do. You want to have, if you can, ideally have two players for each position. That's what Conte's spoken about as well to having the squad. Lee, very quickly on Sesson Young. Um, I, I want to make that point that we saw, of course, earlier in the season when he got red carded that we saw Conte put him straight back in the next game I know again it was um, not a Premier League game which enabled him to do that but do, do you think still with this word potential I can see I'm getting lots of mixed reviews by using that word potential with Sesson Young would you still be persistent with him? Well you and I said privately I, I, I agree with you I think, I don't know why I can't explain it but I think yeah. that there's something he's going to come good I don't know why I mean he's 21 years old he's 22 in May so is that, you know, does that make any difference? You know, like to Wayne Rooney, when we know a world-class player like Wayne, he's burst on the scene at 16. And as Jeff said, Sessignon was bursting on the scene when he was 17, 18, or, you know, had some really good stuff, as Leon's just said as well. But I've got to be honest with you, tonight I, I thought he looked like he was running in treacle. He, he don't look fast anymore. I don't know where the pace is going. It doesn't look like, I'd love to see him like, you know, just get the ball and just and, and you know doing a Dharma Triore. You know maybe he's probably got a bit. He's probably got a better um, assist rate and goal rate than a Dharma, and he's been injured like for for about three years. Uh, but I'm sure we'll come on to that, Rick. Um, 
the, the chance that he had tonight was reminiscent of the ball that he put in the back of the net against Bayern Munich. So when we talk about confidence and we talk about experience for Jaffet and so on and so forth, this mm. so I don't want to be disrespectful to him, I'm going to call him a kid, but this young man, he's got it. He's got some experience already. He scored an, a brilliant goal against Bayern Munich, being away, away in the Allianz Arena, putting the ball in the back of the net and doing things like that for Tottenham. The problem with, with, with I feel for Ryan Cessna, and he's had so many injuries. Um, he's had so many less of, you know, he, he had a really, really good game. Mo Salah has, what, been the best player on the planet now? It's certainly if you speak to Liverpool fans, clearly. But, you know, the, the rest of us as well, of course, he's an amazing player. Session undefended, uh, you know, earlier this season against him brilliantly. They played really, really well against Salah. Um, so he has got something. And then classic Ryan Session on straight afterwards, he's injured. And then he's yeah. out again for a couple of games. And he's just mm. never really got... Do, yeah. do you agree, lads, and, and listeners and viewers? He's never really got a momentum of mm. 10 games, 11, 12, 13 games on the trot. Right, you're in the team, you're in the team, you're in the team. And, yeah. you know, with, with, with Reggie there as well, he's not going to, is he? Because Reggie is going to play... Predominantly, you would think, even if he swaps them out, um, you know, for, for for different games. Well, we've seen him. I think every time Regulon has been available, Conte's picked him. He, he seems to be yeah. one of Conte's favourites. Even when he went to Hoffenheim on loan, and it was by all accounts a decent loan, a move for him at Hoffenheim. Again, he still didn't. You know, he wasn't making loads of assists. He wasn't goal scoring and, and that type of stuff. And he actually didn't have a huge amount of runner games there either. Because I also think he was. In, uh, injured as well, so may, maybe his injuries around his muscular in injuries, his, his excuse me, his hamstrings and that sort of stuff has, has mm. gone into his head, thinking I can't yep. burst off. You know, like Michael Owen when he was just uh, unplayable with his pace, and then he got them injuries. And maybe, hopefully, that's not the case for Cess, but maybe that is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, moving on to the midfield. I mean, listen, Harry Winks. He, he had that opportunity running through space in the opening fifteen minutes, sent a shot that was uh, saved by Kepper. He came off with 10 minutes to go. Again, I don't think I could criticise Winks in terms of effort. Maybe, you know, again, the final third, that lacking cutting edge, you, you might say. Hoybier, um, I think it's fair to say he had less of an impact today than what he did against Leicester. I think many felt that that Leicester performance was back to maybe the Hoybier we saw in the first part of the season, which he signed for us. He was really good. Again, today, not so great. I mean, Skippy, of course, he had a knock midweek. He came on, he brought an extra drive and zipped the midfield. Um Bergvine, again, it's interesting that we've had loads of questions on Stephen Bergvine. Um, Jeff, let's come to you. Um, we've got an interesting one here, just in terms of what we do think about Bergvine long term. Um, I will find the person that's asked this question. Um, they seem to suggest, with regards to Bergvine, do you think he's much better than just an impact sub or an actual starter, almost like Solskjaer was for United and Johnson was for Chelsea? And that's from Ronnie Kennedy. What's your thoughts on that, Jeff? Just need to unmute you, Jeff. We've got you back on mute. There you go. go. Yeah, I heard, I heard that Conte believes that uh, Bergvine would be a more effective um, support to, to Kane than, um, than Son and, and Mora. Um, so whether that's, I don't know whether that's like an official source or, or, or what. So he obviously sees him in and out of training. For, for us, we, we thought that Bergvine was someone that, that didn't fulfil his potential and that was on his way out of the club and then off. He does what he did against Leicester, and and I guess we're all like, oh, actually, he might be a better player than we expected. So today, I guess, was a chance for him, wasn't it? But then against Chelsea, getting his first start for quite a while against a Chelsea side, where again, we know that you know they're going to have a lot of the ball, and his job's going to be to to try and sort of 
get us up the pitch. Uh, that that pace is always useful. You always want want to preserve that that pace in your team. Um, and it'd be interesting. I, yeah, it, I think if the right if the right um, offer comes in, then then it might be that 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 that's taken because he might be one of the more sellable assets, if you like, that was on the fringe of whether he goes or not. Mm. Um, but I'd like to see him more. I'd like to. I'd like to um, see how he connects with Kane against you know our next games are Brighton, Southampton, yeah. Wolves. You'd imagine that um, that he'd see we'd see a lot more of the ball in those games, and uh, we might see more of his potential. I wanted to see him build on on that Leicester performance. Um, you know, it would have upped his confidence knowing, but today he didn't really have the opportunity to shine, did he? It's interesting because I think today when you when you look at the overall players, and I um, I asked Jeff that question just to be clear, guys, because um, it was in from the listeners. I wasn't suggesting that he had a, a, a terrible performance today. I think you know he looked like a player to start with that I thought he looked like he was quite confident. Um, you know, it was his run that did set up the Kane disallowed goal. So again, he did make that difference in the game. Let's come along to you, Leon. For you, um, mm. Stephen Bergvine. What do you think the future holds for him? Would he be a player that you still would like to keep hold of before the end of this January transfer window? Well, I mean, um, it was Nuno who gave him a load of chances, right? Wasn't it? He was playing above um, Hedemora, so um, so Stevie had you know a fair few chances there, and I was one of the fans saying I'd prefer to see Mora a bit more involved um, in 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 that three. Um, and he's had you know he had a great debut, didn't he? Obviously, that was a long, long time ago. Um, today, you know, I, I, I'll probably be honest. I, I thought he did all right when he had the ball. He kind of like travelled with the ball well. Let's face it, he didn't have much much ahead of him um, in terms of to play off. Um, so he kind of was pretty much just just run it. He was our outlet in many ways. So I thought he did all right when he when he when he had the ball today. And he's actually running at players, and that's what he didn't do earlier in the season. You know, you, you see it a lot with players and they go back to confidence. They get the ball, they give it and they run off in a place where they're not going to get the ball back. Um, like you see it so many with so, so much with players and you can see them compensate for losing that confidence because they normally start working harder the other way. So they start working back. I'm not going to name a Tottenham legend who I saw do that towards the back end of his career, but he lost yeah. his confidence and he started yeah. working harder the other way as opposed to going that way, doing what he needs to do, because, and actually, you know, as fans, you're receptive to that because you're like, he's putting a good shift in, when actually you're not impacting a game. Now Bergwijn is impacting a game for me. He's beginning to do that. I'm not sure what's changed. I'm not sure if someone's had a word with him. I'm not sure if he's playing for a, a move out of the club um, mm. and, and get a couple more quid a week on, on his wages. But yeah, I think it's definitely changed there for me in the last few games. Um, obviously, we saw the magic at Leicester, but it, yeah. actually, a little bit before that, I think I saw a little bit of a shift in him. Um, and today, I thought, look, look, you know, in that, I thought he did all right. You know, yeah, I, yeah, really, I agree. Like, I mean, look, if he's still with the club against Southampton, that's an interesting one. Yeah. Against Wolves, that's an interesting one. These games at home, I think, will be really interesting for us, and I think will give us a measure of where we actually are. Yeah, no, that, that's fair. Lee, come over to you just to sum up on, on Bergvine today. I mean, again, I think if you're looking at the team and who was going to make a difference, I think he would have been one of those players that showed that he was up for making a difference. Um, thoughts on Stephen Bergvine for you? 
Yeah, I, I was actually quite I was actually quite surprised that we were negotiating with Ajax to sell him. If I, if I'm honest, you know, when, when you look at the the um, the impact that he had when he first came to the football club, we signed him in January, didn't we? Uh, a couple of windows ago, in the January window, 27 million. He, he scored on his debut, didn't he? Man City. Um, and then he had that bad game. He had a couple of good games. He scored against Manchester United, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Then he's had some injuries again, more injuries, bit bit part player. Then when he came, when we played against Liverpool, he 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 should have scored at the post, and he got a lot of grief. And I think that that affected him again. Again, he's a young lad. He's 24 now, but obviously 20, 23, 22, 23 coming into in, into the team. I think that affected him. Um, and let's be honest, right, viewers, listeners. You'll think that you, you might you might be strong or whatever, but you know if somebody if, if somebody's reading stuff if you're reading stuff about you that is constantly battering you, it's going to take its toll. Regardless, even if an, an, an elite level sport, if it's at one percent, take its toll, you're going to see a drop off in performance and stuff. I think his confidence took a took a bit down, but I always think there's something there with him. And then obviously what he's done this week and Conte's coming out, and I agree with Jay actually on the comments. If Conte wants to keep him, then you keep him uh, because that's backing Conte. Uh, for me, so, but interestingly, Nicky Wallace just uh, just said something in the comments as well to say, you know, he needs a run of games. But here's the problem, and this is this is the this is why Paratici and Conte they all get paid the big bucks, right? Because if you're going to give um, if you're going to give Bergwijn a run of games, who are you dropping? Because when Son's back and Kane's back and Bergwijn's back and yep. Lucas is there, right? And by the way, we're all sitting there saying, we need players, we need squad, we need signings. And I don't disagree with any, anybody. I am the same. We absolutely need signings. But I've just named four players there. And then we're going to sign a Dharma Traore, right? To come in as the right wing back or whatever. When When is Bergwijn going to play? When? When is he going to play? Because you're not going to play him right wing back because the Dharma's coming in. Mm-hmm. Lucas, Son and Kane are your front three. So where is he playing? So, okay, well, I think Conte said he's the sub. Well, at the moment, he's the sub for Kane, isn't he? But so, so therefore, so therefore, you can't give him a run of games, can you? Because because mm. he, he's not going to play. So this is the problem. And top top elite clubs and Jose Mourinho said this. This is this is a normal problem for them. Look at Chelsea's bench today. Was it worth? Somebody said it was worth you know hundred million or billion or whatever it was worth on the bench today. You know they got the the ability to leave Kante, who, who I still think is like the best central midfielder in world football. You can just leave him on the bench, right? And then they can just bring him on casually, like he just comes in and just shores things up or whatever. Yeah, and and this is a, a problem for elite clubs, and we want to be in that elite club. Um, when we're not there yet, clearly, but we want to be there. So it's a problem that we have to manage. But yeah, I would definitely not be selling Steven Bergwijn to Ajax. I, I would not be selling him at all, and especially now, not for fifty. Mm. I think it'd be fifteen million, like. You're not going to yeah. take a lot from that player when he's just done that. No, I agree. Uh, Harry Kane, as we discussed, you know, Harry Kane had that ball in the back of the net. Again, the judge to push uh, Silver in the box. I mean, listen, he tried to make things happen. I don't think anybody can question Kane's work rate or effort at the moment. I think we're over that now. Um, we've seen goals from Kane. It's just, again, just one of those frustrating days at Stanford Bridge. And how many times have we said that? I mean, we saw Brian Hill replace Winks in the final minutes of that game. Again, Hill, another player that's been linked potentially to a move to Valencia on loan. It's one to maybe keep an eye on. Um, Conte, after the game, said, in this moment, it's very difficult to face this type of squad, not team, because they don't have 11 players. They have 22 or 23 players of an important level. The attitude and effort of my players, I was pleased with, and I'm proud of them. But we lost three times to Chelsea in two weeks. Maybe there's a difference in level between us and them. It means they're a stronger team and a stronger squad. This club are at another level compared to us. Again, maybe, as we've said, just a hint towards the board. Talk about the board and the squad. We are going to go for our final break of the show. 
When we come back, we're going to do a quick five on where Tottenham Hotspurs January window is at. Hello everyone, I'm Anna from Spurs XY and welcome back to the Spurs Women segment here on The Last Word on Spurs. Now I've got two games to report on. We had one midweek. Uh, it was a 7.30 kickoff against Liverpool in the Continental Tires Cup. Unfortunately, it wasn't on TV and I wasn't able to make it to the game. So you'll have to bear with the report I got from friends. And unfortunately, as I said, it wasn't on TV and it kicked off the same time as the men's game. So hey-ho, but obviously we all know that one turned out very well. Uh, the women won, which was really good. We won 1-0, which meant that now we're in the semi-finals of the Continental Tires Cup. We will be playing against Manchester City. The only problem was that apparently our performance wasn't the best. Um, Rianne set up us up in a way recently and we've done very well in a lot of ways, uh, very defensively. So we're very solid at the back. We more often than not only just concede one goal if we concede. Uh, some More often than not, we have clean sheets recently. So, you know, we're very good. It's just the scoring, especially from open play, but just scoring in general has not been, not been amazing. But good old trusty Rachel Williams to the rescue. And she scored a wonderful goal to make sure that we won that game midweek. And then this Sunday, we played against um, Manchester United away. Um, didn't have high hopes for that game. The home leg was quite a game. Uh, I was there, obviously, back in November. We drew one all, which was a, I thought was a really good result. Very happy with that. But, but United are a lot stronger. Um, they have a lot of financial backing, so they've always been able to get a lot of personnel and, and everything. So they're, they're a strong side. Going into this game, as I said, you know, we didn't have high hopes. It was an interesting team selection. Uh, Rianne likes to to pick her players, obviously, to to fit the team, especially keepers as well. But to be fair, both Becky and Tinny are fantastic keepers, so I have no qualms about that. My only problem recently is I just don't think we're playing uh, Angela Addison enough. I think she's a fantastic player, and whenever she comes on, we look a hell of a lot better. Um, whether we're already winning or whether we're losing or drawing, you know, whatever position we are in, we just always look better with her. She is so goal-focused and is so fantastic at keeping the ball, dribbling with it you know anything like that um so yeah that's my only qualm really is I just personally want to see more of her and I know I'm not the only one I think there are a lot of fans out there who who share that feeling so I wish we could see more of her but unfortunately she was yet again not starting and uh, quite frankly the game was not good um United were up 2-0 in the first half and we just didn't really have any chances we didn't really create anything um, that defense, you know, went out the that defensive record went out the whack uh, window. We haven't thing we can, haven't conceded two. Um, they said in the first half that we haven't conceded two from like October or something. It's been like eleven games in all competitions, but unfortunately that's not where it ended. It ended three nil actually. Um, they scored another one in the second half, and uh, yeah, so we haven't conceded more than two since we lost 5-1 to Arsenal, which was the FA Cup game that was hanging over from last year. I think that was played in September. So, yeah, I mean, that's why I said that Rianne's obviously done a very good job at setting us up defensively or solidifying our defence should be probably a a better way to say it. But it just didn't work today. Um, And then we brought on Angela later and and the team looked a hell of a lot livelier. so yeah, we we almost had a chance. A lovely cross from from Ash in the second half at three nil. Um, a lovely cross from the right, 
uh, found Rachel Williams and it looked like it went in, but it didn't. I mean, I don't know how it was just was off target. So but I really thought that was in and it would have been nice to pull one back. But uh, unfortunately, it wasn't meant to be. So um, sad to go finish the weekend with a defeat, but hopefully the men can do better. Um, I'm recording this before the Chelsea game. So who knows? But um, but yeah, that's it from Spurs Women's Side and hopefully I can bring some more good news uh, next time round. Come on, you Spurs. Right, for our Washington's on YouTube, there's still nearly 600 of you watching us live. Thank you so much for all your support. Right, guys, we're going to close the show with a quick chat on Tottenham Hotspur's January transfer window. Now, um, Jeff, I will start with you. I've got to be honest, Jeff, and think I was going to say, well, I thought, Jeff, you know, at this time when we seeing you, we would have maybe done a little bit of business in terms of incomings. But um, firstly, has it surprised you, before we discuss the targets, the lack of incoming so far? Or was you expecting this from Tottenham, Paratigi and Daniel Levy? No, because the, the rest of Europe looks at the fact that we've got Conte and they know that the premise is that he's going to have something to spend in January and therefore everyone's uh, asking price goes up as a result. So I think that what typically happens is the business is done a little bit later on when the picture changes for certain clubs. Sometimes they feel like, right, you know, if we're going to act in in this transfer window, then then we're going to leave it a little bit later. And now we need to, because maybe we've, uh, we've signed someone. That's why that's, you wait to see who signs somebody and then you wait to see who surplus to requirements or who you can afford to let go because you've got cover for them. So actually it's not, uh, it's not something to, to um, worry about too, too much. I think we can afford to say that most of your business is done in the last week of the transfer market anyway. Um, so I'm not, I said at the top of the podcast that I would, you know, I'd rather a bit more be done because we're all waiting on tensor hooks, aren't we, to see that who's going to come in and strengthen our side so that we can get really excited about this push towards top four. We're just going to have to be a little bit more patient. Quickly for you, Jeff, just to sum them up, the outgoings at the moment is uh, what's been reported. Uh, the likes of Deli Ali, Tungin Dombele, Giovanni Celso. Do you expect all three of those to move on respectively on loan or permanently? I, I, I have no expectations as a fan. I've no idea what business they're doing, who they're talking to. They're good players. They'll be of interest to a lot of clubs. Mm. So yep. yeah, I, I, I want you know for for them and for for the the sake of progress in the name of progress, it would yep. be good to see some um, you know some business done, some players leaving, let them go out and and do their thing elsewhere. Uh, you just want to see some changes because mm. if it stays the same, yeah, then nothing changes. Do do you, are you of the opinion, Jeff? Uh, just very quickly, is a Dharma Traore in terms of an incoming just the one? Is that enough based on what Spurs have got in that squad to be able to get top four? It doesn't guarantee anything, not not whatsoever. Especially with Wolves creeping up, who have just undercover, literally become a really great side that literally mm. don't concede. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that's as I say, we're one of five teams that are going for that full spot. Uh, I, I've never loved Traore, actually. Uh, there's, there's a lot to love about him, but just never, I don't like these flair players that are great at beating players but don't have an end product because I just think they cancel each other out a little bit. But then he's gone and scored two in two, hasn't he? Um, yeah, yes. And yeah. all of a sudden he's finding the net when he wants that move and you're thinking, mm. oh, go on. And again, you, you're like, right, Conte, what can you do with him? Maybe he brings that player to an extra level. So it's an exciting one. I think a lot of fans at a lot of clubs would be like, 
I'd love to see what he could do for our team. So it's it's one of them, a typical Spurs signing that, that could be hit or miss. But yeah. it's worth a go, I think, with him. It's interesting, isn't it, Traore? He's the one name that divides so much, um, I would say, expectation as to what he will do in a Spurs shirt if he does get over the line. Leon, let's come to you. Let's discuss first of the outgoings of Tottenham. And we've seen heavy links now to Ndombele, Giovanni um, Lo Deli Ali, all expected to leave this window. Any surprises there for you? Or the, is that is that the right for those players to move on, in your opinion? Yeah, I, I, I think Deli needs to move. Um, and good luck to him um, wherever he goes. He needs a, a new environment. He needs to be loved. He needs to be first pick. And I have no doubt that in good time we'll see him come back to life and be a brilliant player and probably score against us in the semi-final of the Cup or something like that to knock us out. But that's football, right? That's that's what you've got to do. You've got to get as much money as you can. If, I don't know if it can be a loan, but normally yeah. everything's a loan at the moment just because it enables clubs to pay a little bit later or whatever it is. But um, I yeah. think, um, you know, just love Delhi as a player, but it just feels like we've tried and tried and tried and it's just not happening. Um, so... Maybe it's the time for him to 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 go, but um, I just really hope he goes on and fulfills the potential because I I can see bags there and, and yeah, it's him. such a shame, isn't it? Again, I don't want to take too much time on it because I know people are sick of me saying it. I know they're sick of Lee as well saying it's about Delhi Ali. You know that word of you know how the decline has happened with Delhi has just been. So it is sad. I mean, the word, word is sad. I, mean, I feel like he's fallen out of love with the game. He needs to go back to a... Well, he needs to go to find a club that will get him loving football again. Maybe that's Newcastle. Whoever that is, I hope you can find it because um, it's really sad to see that. Leon, very quickly, just on the incomings, potential incomings, the likes of Frank Kessie being mentioned and Adama Traore, it's obviously seems that one is very, very strong at the moment. If we were to sign those two in this window, mm. would you feel confident going into the second half of the season that we're in now, we have got enough for the top four? Yeah, it's, it's an interesting one on Kessie because I, I spoke to a couple of players who played with him and um, their, their kind of take was, yeah, he's a good player, really good player, but is it what Tottenham need? Is it, you know, because for me, I'm like crying out for a creative spark in the middle of the park to, to, to unlock things. You know, and again, I talked about how we've been spoiled with Modric and we've been spoiled with Dembele and these players that we've, you know, had the joy of watching. But um, he, he, he ain't that. You know, um, for everyone looking on YouTube and stuff, he, he, he ain't that. He's a really incredible player, but it's Hoiber or Skippy. It's breaking that, up players, isn't it, more than actually creativity-wise? Yeah, wise. yeah. Don't, don't get me wrong, he's got a pass and gets forward and stuff, yeah. but he's, he's not going to be that creative genius that, that, that I think we need. And I think all Tottenham fans seem to come to a consensus that, that Undumbele was meant to be it. He ain't it for whatever reason. It's not happened. So... Who, who's going to be that player for us in the middle of the park to really open it up and get us um, get us forward and yeah. apply those attacking players that we've got. So it'll be interesting on him. And um, I was a guest of Brentford yesterday. Um, so when I saw Traore on the bench, I was actually sat next to Scott Sellers, the um, Wolves sporting director. Um, obviously, I, I didn't ask him too much about Traore or certainly didn't tell me anything anyway, put it that way. Um, but... Um, but no, when he came on, I mean, he came on up front against Brentford um, and, and he caused some problems. And he obviously had that goal, which was disallowed, that he kind of lashed into the back of the net. Um, mm. But yeah, I, 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 lo I love the fact that he's disruptive. I, I love this kind of... Well, he will create space. I mean, whether, whether people like the end product or not is another question. But what he will do 
is um, I mean, you think with a team that will have Harry Kane and Hummin Son in there? Listen again, maybe just but he's, he's had Jimenez, of course, and you know players at Wolves that haven't had to put the ball in the back of the net. I mean, we we can't get away from the fact you know the stats are alarming on the, the Dharma. You know, we can um, we can all love. I know Jeff, like you said, for you, you're not really massively a massive fan on the pace side of things, but I mean. I look at someone like Aaron Lennon, um, and again, Leon, you'll know Lennon very well, um, a player that everyone loved the fact back at the lane where he'd get you off the edge of your, she- edge of your seat. And sometimes the end product wasn't great with Lennon, but the pace would almost excite you more than the end product would. Yeah, no, I mean, I, 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 yeah, that's a little bit unfair to Aaron Lennon, I think. I, I mean, he used to get to that line and cut back and commit players. I, I know mm. it's so difficult on this final product thing because, I mean, yeah. Christian Eriksen, you know, couldn't get past the first player in a corner, right? But, yeah. you know, he's one of the best deliverers of a football in Europe. Yeah. It's so frustrating on a corner. So, it, 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 I, I don't know. It's almost like the Tottenham curse sometimes of, um, with, with some of these players. But, look, again, we started this show saying trust Conte, top coach, knows what he's yeah. doing, has a strategy. Mm-hmm. If this is his signing, and, and look, that's always the thing behind that's the key, team. isn't it? Yeah, of course. Who's signing this guy? Yeah. <laughs> if it is Conte, then he must have a plan for him. And yeah. that plan would have been discussed a lot on the phone with the player himself. They ain't going to bring him in just to, to hope that it's going to happen. The conversation mm-hmm. has been ongoing and there would be a plan for him to come in and play in a particular position. So yeah. if that is going to happen, um, and I think it is an if, it feels like in the press it's done, but who knows? It's Tottenham, um, isn't it? Is it ever done till it's done? <laughs> exactly. Um, I, I think it would be interesting. I don't think he's a disruptor. You know, bring him yeah. off the bench. Yeah. You know, and, and look, we're talking about 20 mil, 25 mil. So actually, look, it's, it's ridiculous. It's monopoly money in football, right? It's like, oh, 20, 25 mil. It's, it's like yeah. five or tenner, right? But him as a disruptor off the bench is really interesting as a worst case scenario. Yes. Yeah. Best case scenario, he plays right wing back and does really well and causes mm. a massive problem down that side. Yeah. Reg um, being quick or Cess on that side. I don't know. Maybe I'm dreaming. I think that's the No, I mean, yeah. Side. This is it, isn't it? Leader, leader, come round to you there, just to um, just to summarise and where we are with this transfer window. I think it feels like it's going to be a massive seven or eight days for fans for the football club. I mean, lots of people are expecting business. I think we're. I mean, listen, I'm talking as a fan. I'm expecting business as well. I, I want to see the club improve. I think we all see there's a need to improve. We're going to get into that top four, um, and there's an opportunity there. You know, United. For whatever you say about United, that. Look, they're getting results now slightly under rank, which is a little bit concerning. Uh, we need to be in amongst that group, and to do that, we are going to have to improve certain areas. And one, of course, is right wing back. But there'll be people saying, you know, do we need another striker? Do we need a central midfielder? What do you think, Lee, going into these next seven or eight days? It feels pivotal for where Spurs' season goes here. Well, what I think is uh, Leicester City, Brian Halvobian, Wolverhampton Wanderers, Tottenham Hotspur, Arsenal, West Ham United, Manchester United, Chelsea, Liverpool, Man City. None of them, other than one club, has made a sign-in so far in this January transfer window. Out of all them clubs I've just talked to you about. So when our Spurs fans go absolutely mad, absolutely mental, I think Wolves is the only club, I might be wrong here, but my blue book's out, Wolves is the only club that have brought someone in, which is why Dharma's coming coming to us, which is a done deal by all accounts, as, as everyone can read and see and whatever. So I think that it still means the ne- next eight, nine days are pivotal. I, I totally agree with you on that. Um, but everyone else is the same. And once one moves and another one moves and then everything starts to go. Um, Levy can't win. 
So I've seen so many comments on there. Levy in, Levy out, and Ink out. That Levy can't win. He brings in Paratici and says, "There you go, you crack on." And then when Paratici uh, brings in Frank Kessie, it'd be Paratici, you, you're the man, you're amazing. But then when he doesn't land Frank Kessie because Kessie said, "No, I'm waiting until the summer," it'd be Levy, you didn't, you didn't back the manager. So you know, I mean, you can't, you can't win either way on that side of things. I think on Adama Traore, if Conte wants him, go get Adama Traore. That, that's what I'm, that's what I think. But, um, interestingly, um, one of our own friend of the show, Chris Callan's show as well, it's running parallel to ours this, this evening. Um, he'd done a brilliant show with Tom White from Sky Sports earlier this week. And Tom actually revealed that um, Antonio Conte tried to sign Adama Traore from Middlesbrough before he moved um, Moses into a win-back. Now, I didn't know that. I thought that was very, very interesting information because if that's true, and I'm not suggesting Tom is not telling the truth, of course, but um, if that if that information is correct, then clearly they've been an admirer, Conte, Paratici, whatever, been an admirer of, of Adama for a long, long time. So, you know, that backs it up. Get him in and get him playing if that's who he wants. Personally, I don't fancy him, but, you know, thank goodness for everybody watching and listening that I have nothing to do with managing um, our, fa our fantastic football club. That's what that's all I would say. I do think I'm on the same page as everyone else. We, we do need a central midfield player. We are, cr we are crying out for one. I'm a little bit torn with the type of individual that, that, that we need. We've had so many different names floating about in the group that we have. Wijnaldum, you know, with the Tungandum Bele. We talked about this. Three weeks ago, Rick, on, on our group, and then all of a sudden there's a story out there today talking yeah. about when out potentially coming back and so on and so forth. Frank mm. Kessie, it's all kicking off tonight, saying that he's rejected a move to us because he wants to stay uh, until the summer. I look at that positively. If, if the two clubs have agreed a fee, then something must be moving there. So we, we must be going in the right direction. And look, did any of us expect Kessie to come in January when he's in a title race with AC Milan? But maybe we get him for free in the summer. That's, in, that's incredible for Tottenham, right? So, yep. I don't know. We definitely need to move some stuff on. I am always the believer, that, and this does annoy people, and I'm, I'm sorry for this, but if if they don't improve our squad, if they don't improve our... There's, first, no, there's no point bringing them in. Yeah. What, yeah. What's the point in bringing them in? But we're going to bring them in anyway because we're bloodthirsty fans and we need signings. They have to be the right ones, right? They have to be the ones that complement... Yep. The system that you know, Adrian's you know, friend of the show, Adrian said earlier in the comments, change the system. Then this is Conte. Conte's system is four three, um, uh, um, a three four three or a three five two. It's how he plays. They go and have a look at the record books. Everyone knows it's how he plays. He's not going to change the system because because we've got Birdvine in there or whatever, and, and you know, fitting people around. So I think it's really important that we. Get what he needs. And I really, sorry to waffle on, Mike, but I really loved his, his post-match interview today because he's holding everybody to account. He's holding the board, he's holding uh, Paratigi, he's holding everybody at the club to account. Every time he's asked a transfer question, he says, not, not me, go and ask the club, go and ask the club. I've told him what I want, I've told him what I need. I love that in him. But what he's also saying is, it's going to take ages. If you think I can fix this in one window, you're having a laugh. So he knows the board are backing him. I, I personally think I, he knows that he's got what he needs there, but he's also saying publicly, "You better do what we've said that you're going to do." But equally, don't don't think I'm a magician that I can fix this in one window. Now, yeah. If we bring two or three players, or even one or two players, or even three or five, three or four or five players in the next nine days, he's saying it can't be fixed straight away. So we need to have patience. He's always said we need patience. He's always said we need time. The problem with that, Rick, and, and, and the lads, the listeners and viewers, is 
we're desperate, we're starved of success, we're desperate for it, and we won it yesterday. So yeah, it's a difficult balance. But it's a real are, tricky one. Yeah, we're expecting a yeah. We are. Spurs, go do some business. We will see. Well, listen, we'll be with you uh, every step of the way on last one on Spurs in the next seven to eight days. Listen, Jeff, Leon, been a pleasure having you join us this evening. Jeff, we must ask you, um, before we close the show, do you think Spurs will get a top four finish come the end? We're going to ask you now. Putting you on the spot now, Jeff. What do you reckon? Well, I want that. I want it more than anything. And uh, and I'd, I'd like it to be because we signed one or two great players that are going to really add to the to the quality of the squad. Mm. Um, so, uh, do I? Yeah, you have to say yeah. You have to say yeah. You have to it. believe. That's what makes it exciting. Fantastic. Jeff, uh, where can we find you across social media? Where can we find you? Uh, the normal places. And uh, it's just Jeff Brazier. <laughs> Lovely having you back on, Jeff. Always a pleasure. Sorry it's on the back of a defeat. But that's a uh, apologies for that. I'm looking forward to bringing no, you back on about that. in better circumstances. Leon, thank you so much for a, a real blinding debut. I hope Adama has a good one as you do. Fingers crossed we get him over the line. Uh, where can we find you across the socials, Leon? Yeah, just at Leon underscore man. Um, have a look at me on, on Twitter. I'm going to try and talk more about football. Sometimes I'll take some time off because... <laughs> oh, we all need that. Well, you know, we would love yeah, to take that time off. It, we can't, unfortunately, but yeah. It gets a bit much. And we're definitely going to finish top four, but it depends on Man United, in my view. It depends what United it. do. If United really kind of turn it around, I think we're in trouble, but um, I'm not confident they will. Well, listen, Leon, comments pouring in for you here. Lots of love for you on that first, on your first day, well, your debut. So thank you so much for joining us. Been a real, real pleasure. We look forward to having you back on the show with us in the near future. Lee, it's fair to say we have got a big seven or eight days to come. Let's give a, let's, Lee, let's give a plug. You've obviously got a, uh, your new podcast at the moment. Where can we find this uh, new podcast of yours? Oh, yeah, if you follow me, at Lee McQueen on screen there, or you follow the business, uh, the YouTube channel to subscribe to, is at Phoenix51. The podcast is all about The Apprentice. As you, as you know, The Apprentice is back on live. I was lucky enough to win it uh, all them years ago. Um, so I've got all the ex-winners every single week coming on and reviewing and picking apart what they did well or predominantly what they didn't do so well. So that's happening. It's called In the Line of Hire. And that's uh, you can uh, you can go and find that on all the socials. But just quickly, right on the transfer window and finishing mm-hmm. the top four. Yep. Tottenham will finish in the top four. We have got a top five manager in the world. We have picked up 36 points at a halfway point, as we talked today, 36 points. We've had two managers. One of them was Nuno. We were playing football with not even having a shot on target. Are you having a laugh? And we've still picked up 36 points. We've got a transfer window left, uh, eight days left. We are going to bring some signings in. Conte's only going to get better. You've got to back yourself to say, you know what, we're going to have a better second half of the season than the Mm. first half of the season because of Conte. And we've got four games in hand on Chelsea, two games in hand on Manchester United, three games in hand on West Ham, and one of them games in hand on Arsenal. We've got, we've got to play them as well. We're going to finish in the top four, people. Calm it down. Let's go for it. Come on, Spurs. Here we go. Here we go. Right. Well, listen, we, we are going to be back with you guys at tomorrow evening. Um, we're also, firstly, we're live on BBC uh, Sport London with you from seven till eight. Then we've got uh, myself and Jimmy Brown of the Daily Hotspur. You know he loves transfers. We've got Listen, a brilliant show to bring to you. We'll be announcing that very, very soon. That's tomorrow evening, a transfer special. Keep your eyes peeled from that. But from, of course, from Leon, from Jeff, from Lee, from myself, guys, keep safe, keep well, keep the faith. And as always, come on you Spurs. Good night. Sports Social Podcast Network. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.